Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 6th, 1995. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, we bid you all good morning or good evening across all these many time zones from the Tahitian and Hawaiian Islands, where you can kind of draw a mental picture of the beauty, all the way across this great land and into the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south well into South America, north to the Pole. This is Coast to Coast AM. Good morning. I'm Art Bell. Coast to Coast AM, now 231 affiliates strong. By far the largest live overnight shop, uh, talk show in America. And it is my distinct pleasure to welcome back an old friend. KSD, the mighty KSD in St. Louis. 550 on the dial. 5,000 big non-directional watts. Serving all over the place. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing this morning from St. Louis. Well, it's all been, it's been one, one trick pony, uh, news-wise, all weekend. Incredibly, the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, Prime Minister of Israel, was buried today. Still in my time zone today. And he was shot assassinated by a right-wing Israeli. Some right-wing Israeli student who didn't like his uh, relentless drive for peace in the Middle East. Israelis are nearly evenly split right down the middle on the issue of whether to make peace with her Arab neighbors or not. Most of America's um, government, frankly, uh, went over for the burial. Particularly, uh, three, uh, two ex-presidents and uh, our current president. But Israel is split, particularly um, the Syrians, uh, over the Syrians, who want Golan Heights, of course. And uh, you'll recall that Israel once before took a brutal, relentless pounding uh, from the, uh, uh, the Syrians, from the Heights. So they don't want to give it back, and I can't blame them. Many other Israelis feel the territories are holy and don't want to give those back either and regard those who do as traitors and regarded Yitzhak Rabin as a traitor, basically. The assassin was, uh, without a doubt, one of these people. He was a lone assassin, although there is late news breaking that his brother may have helped him out made some modification to the projectiles, the bullets, that uh, killed Yitzhak Rabin. The initial reports of uh, Mr. Rabin's uh, incident, death actually, uh, were interesting. First, they reported he had not been hit. Then they reported he had been wounded. Then they reported he was in surgery. Then they reported his death. Now, Libya and Iran both issued statements celebrating the assassination. The Likud party, headed by Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, is being very diplomatic and says they will uh, vote for Shimon Peres 
you know, for a continuation of government at this point. They'll have elections in 96. So there you go. Um, I have a lot of questions about this, and I've thought very hard about it all weekend. And one is, will this derail the peace process? Well, Shimon Perez says no. They're going to go forward. So if your answer is, it will not, then the next question I have is, do you expect a civil war in Israel? You have a country now divided, interestingly, just very much the way we are. How many of you were alive during the assassination of President Kennedy. I was, of course, in the Air Force when it occurred. And it bruised America's soul. And that bruise remains today. And it seems to me that what has occurred in Israel is going to bruise the Israeli soul, um, hurt their innocence just the way it did ours, and they're going to go on now to be split about what to do. Make peace, hold the line, they're split down the middle. So it's a big, uh, it's an awful thing for Israel. It's an awful thing for any country. When your president is shot because somebody disagrees with him, it changes something about a nation's soul. It did that to us, remember? So those are my questions about what has occurred in Israel. Why what occurred in Israel has the same coverage here that the assassination very nearly of our own president did. I was amazed by it, frankly. Then, too, does it derail the peace process? I don't think so. Perez is going to continue no doubt, at his own personal peril. If you were an Israeli, would you give up the Golan Heights? In other words, which side would you be on? Would you be with the opposition party, or would you be pressing for peace, even with the Syrians at the price of the Golan Heights? I think that I would be with Benjamin Netanyahu. I would be with the opposition Likud party. I sure as hell wouldn't applaud the assassination. As a matter of fact, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, was not even greeted uh, by the, uh, uh, the, uh, the relatives of the slain. Refused to shake his hand, even though he didn't have anything to do with it. So, you know, if you've been watching television or watching the coverage, that is virtually all they've been covering. In a survey of the general public, Reuters News reports tonight that two out of three Americans believe in the existence of Satan. I wonder how many believe in the existence of God. Do you think it would be two out of three? Don't suppose more Americans would believe in the devil than God. More than one out of three people polled, or 37%, said they had been tempted by the devil. Hmm. 61% of the evangelical Protestants said they had. 
been tempted by the devil. Isn't that something? How many of you believe there is a devil, an entity? Apparently, two out of three of you nationwide. So there you go. And I've got a lot more, but not a lot more time, so we shall take a short pause here and do a little bit of business and be right back. It's 1995 on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. I've got a guest coming on in about an hour from Hawaii, the Big Island. I'll be telling you more about him. Subject, volcanoes. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. This is Mike in Denver. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Fine. I'm a second-time caller, and if I may, I'd like to run across the board with uh, three quick points. All right. Uh, first of all, with the Prime Minister's assassination, I don't know what's going to happen with the peace process. But I can tell you that when I heard the news of his death, I had a deep sense of foreboding, and I thought that we are in deep, deep trouble. And I couldn't help but think that his death in some way had to do with what you've been referring to as the quickening. Mm -hmm. uh, the other point that I had, if I could jump across the board again, is uh, close to your Halloween show you mentioned uh, Ouija boards. And the very next day, I wake up and I'm flipping around the channels, and not only are they selling them, but they're advertising them on TV. Really? And the advertisement that I saw had children playing with the Ouija board, and as I recall, the uh, oh, the, the advertisement or the, the heading that gets you at the end is, it's just a game, or is it, question mark. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. Or and then if I made one other quick point, uh, I saw on the news that uh, where recent Bigfoot sightings in the Washington forest have been taking place. Ooh, I've got news on Bigfoot. They are, yeah, what I heard is that they are going to use the DNA process on some of the hairs found in uh, the forest right. where some of his sightings have been, and they're going to That's apparently right. use this DNA evidence to either prove... Or disprove. Or disprove, yes, sir, his existence. Well, or its, its existence. Well, I don't know if it'll do that. Um, it may prove the hair is, for example, human hair, or animal hair, or bear hair, who knows? But that will not automatically disprove the existence of Bigfoot. Yes. Um, it'll be the... Um, and I'm not sure what case it is from, either. All very interesting. Yeah. It, can I make one other quick point? Yeah. I am ready to choke out my postman because your book has not been delivered. Well, hang in there. I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm checking my credit card uh, daily to see if I've been charged. But uh, every time the postman comes, he sort of uh, looks at me with a leery eye because he knows I've been waiting for it. But uh, <laughs> I enjoy your show, sir, and keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you very you much. Very much. Um, I would say about 80% of the books have been delivered. You don't have yours yet, not to worry. It is on the way. They go book rate. And uh, so, you know, to some, it's really odd post office some things go and others take forever i don't get it um art when are you going to run for president answer never uh, you would make a great dictator well i would that yes your book is awesome thanks for the autographed copy keep up the great work good luck on your new radio station and brump enjoy your days off tim in irvine california 
Um, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I would. I, I, I think I would make a good dictator. I've got dictator blood in me. I know it. So do, so, so do a lot of you. I've been told by so many of you that I am a dictator that I've begun to think, well, maybe I am. What would I do if I was dictator? Ooh, I'd, I'd, I'd make a lot of changes. Yes, sir, sir, there would be changes, I'll tell you. The Bell regime would be a far different place. But fortunately, you see, that's why we have the Constitution, and we have this great country. So people like me cannot contemplate, uh, realistically, anyway, such things. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi, uh. I'm calling from Rochester, New York, first-time caller. All right. Turn your radio off, sir. All right. Uh, that's number one. All right. It's off right now. Sir. Glad to have you the big wham out of Rochester. That's right. We just picked up uh, Art Bell about a week ago. That's it. Just wanted to tell him how happy we are with him and uh, make a comment about Colin Powell and Satan. Oh. Not that they're connected. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that all in one sentence or paragraph? All right. Anyway, sure. Colin Powell first. Right. Oh, am I talking out right now? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm we sorry. don't see. We don't screen. It's something you've got to understand back there in New York. We don't screen calls. When I say you're on the air. Oh, okay. So that, what do you have? Like a five minute delay here? Is no, five seconds. Oh, all right. Okay. Seven. Sorry about that, Art. All right, let's get on with it then, because I know how bored I get listening to calls where people say, "Is it you, Art? Is it you?" Anyway. <laughs> okay, Art. Colin Powell. Don't know. No, don't know enough about him. So. I don't see how anyone can really say that he would win or should win or, or that they would vote for him because you don't know anything. I don't mean you, but the well, people. Well, you, your question is, why are the polls saying that he would? Would you turn that radio off, please, sir? It's off. Um, why are the polls saying that he would beat Clinton and Dole would not? Uh, wishful thinking. Okay. Why is there so much? Wait, wait a minute. No, no, it's fine. You're right. Mm -hmm. And you really are right. Why is there so much wishful thinking? Because everyone's dissatisfied with Clinton and scared of what Dole would do if he got in there. Oh, I'm not scared of Dole. Well, um, I just, um, I just don't think people are excited about Bob Dole. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm not. Hmm. So you're right. Wishful thinking. It yeah. is a comment on the field of candidates out there right now. And uh, and I think uh, Mr. Buchanan, I, lo I love Pat. I've had him on as a guest. I agree with him more than any other candidate, but the realistic political side of me knows if you say people would be scared of Dole, they would be scared to death oh, of, of, of uh, Pat Buchanan. Oh, so, yeah. He, he doesn't stand a snowball's chance. In no, Pat I know. I, I know. You know, I mean, he may be a nice guy and a he smart is. guy and all that, but just he ain't going to do it. Right. So. You're exactly right. All right. Yeah. So then you wanted to come in on Pal, and then the devil. And then the devil, mm. again, stressing that there is no connection. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do believe in the devil, and I do believe in, you know, uh, however you want to phrase it, a higher being also. Could, uh, you, could you believe in the devil without believing in God? I would well, think. Well, that's what I was, my point was supposed to be, is I don't see how you could say one without the other. Or is the inverse also true? So then can we... Um, can we believe that the number of people believing in the devil is also the number of people believing in God? I would think so, but I bet if you ask those people that, they wouldn't want to admit that. It's, it's always much easier to acknowledge the evil than it is the, 
you know what I mean? Like it's it's unpopular to say I believe in God, so people don't want to admit that. Or you, you know mean, what I mean you mean the devil is politically correct and God is not? Well, if you want to, I didn't say that, but if you want to <laughs> say that, I mean, you, do you understand where I'm coming from, though? I or do no? because I just said that. Yeah. Okay, but you know, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, all right, listen, we're glad to be in New York. All right, and Art, uh, have a nice day. It's great listening to you, and uh, Howard Stern, Balabui. <laughs> All right, take care. Howard. What did I see Howard doing earlier today? Howard was uh, appeared somewhere in drag, and with his hair as long as it is, uh, he probably looked okay. <laughs> Balabui. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Um. Hello. Um, my name's Chris, and I'm calling from Nampa, Idaho. Well, hello, Chris. Um, I was just calling um, in regards to the question as whether Satan exists or not. And no, I didn't ask that. Well, uh, First of all, turn your radio off. That's number one. Okay. Um, the question was, uh, the, the uh, UP article, or uh, what was it? No, I can't even find it. The question was whether the devil, whether you believe in the devil, and apparently two-thirds of the American people said they do. Well, the way I see it is... It was uh, Reuters. Reuters. Um, the way I see it is by asking that people believe in the existence of the devil, they're really asking if people believe in the existence of God. Yeah, same thing. I think so. And um, for people to think that the devil exists and God doesn't exist is, like, just doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, if you've got evil, you've got good. If you've got good, you've got evil. That's exactly like my point. Now, um, have you been tempted by the devil, sir? Um, oh, all the time. Really? There's lots of evils in this world, and like there's um, um, forces other than yourself that can lure you to them. Mm. What what kind of temptation do you think you might have had from the devil? Um. I was tempted to use drugs. Tempted, huh? Mm -hmm. But you resisted. Yes, I resisted because I realized that it was ultimately wrong. So then, religion kept you away, in a, in a sense, your belief in God, kept you away from scrambling your brains uh, like uh, on the frying pan. Um, pretty much, actually. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know the commercial, right? Here's your brain on drugs. As a matter of fact, I've got something that simulates that very well, this outside part of it. Here's your brain on drugs. It's a cigarette crinkle pack. Try it yourself. Works great, your brain on drugs. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hey, Art. Hello. Uh, about the Satan issue, I had an experience where I had a dream that that uh, Satan visited me, and he followed me out into the waking world, and it's probably one of the most uh, terrifying experiences I've ever had. Basically what happened, the dream started, I was just in a knoll type of area where there was nothing but gray about, Yep. and uh, I saw a figure approaching me, kind of like the intro to the old uh, Twilight Zone where Rod Sterling would walk on. Oh, yes. And it was a very attractive man. Um, I remember uh, that he had dark hair and very dark, piercing eyes, but I don't remember very much else of his features. No horns. And No, no horns. And uh, not yet, anyway. Did he have a little briefcase with a contract? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> he, um, 
he started talking to me, but as he t- as he spoke to me, his lips didn't move. And I, I only bad remember sign. Bad, it was bad sticking sign. in my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I only remember basically that he uh, did he make you an offer? Yeah, he was making me an offer, but it was a general offer. It wasn't. You know, if you'll do this, I'll make you the richest man in the world. Or anything well, like that. It what was, was it? I mean, uh, tell us. It was. It was. If it was more like, if you'll come to my side, yes, uh, you will be prosperous. Because prosperous. it was at a time in my life. Uh, I'm a physician. It was at a time in my life when I was trying to get into medical school, and uh, everything was all all hope and, and and in the future. But you know, nothing was really happening yet. So he, he knew that you needed something, and you might have been at a moment of weakness. When Absolutely. He... I, w- I was at a weak point. Look, I am, uh, I am at a weak point in mine. I've got to take a break. You want to hold on? Oh, please. All right. We'll hold you through the break. I'll get through medical school, kid. Just sign right here. No big deal. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6th, 1995. What? Americans? Cynical? <laughs> Here's a fax that just came in. Dear Art, at least his, meaning Ravine's body, at least his body wasn't found in the park with a phony suicide note. <laughs> Back to my caller. Um, doctor, it is, correct? Uh, yeah, this, this is Jeff from Memphis, uh, WMC. Oh, okay, Jeff. And you uh, are you are now a physician, full-fledged? Yes, sir. I've been in uh, private practice for almost four years now. Has it been lucrative? Uh, absolutely. Really? Uh, um, how are we to know that you didn't cut the deal? Well, let me tell you. Let me finish the story. Okay. Uh, I was confused. Uh, I, you know, feel like I was... Um, like I'd just been awakened rather than I was in a dream, and uh, it was the, the dream seemed too real to me, I guess, is, is why it, it confused me so much. And it was like I had no control of the subject matter or anything, because I tried to wake up at that point because I had a bad feeling, and I couldn't wake up. Um, he, he repeated his offer, mm-hmm. and uh, all the time moved closer, and about this time he was maybe 10 or 15 feet away. Right. And I just got a real bad feeling about it, and since I couldn't wake up, I just started saying, no, never, absolutely not. And when I did, he started to change and uh, started to grow much taller, and um, the horns did appear. Uh-huh. He had ended up, uh, after he continued, after he finished his metamorphosis, uh, he was at least 15 feet tall. 
mm. had um, uh, was what they called a classical uh, goat head. Were you beginning to change your mind at this point, thinking... I was beginning to get very afraid. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've, I've never felt that kind of gut-wrenching fear be, uh, before in my life and or since. Are you sure that you didn't say a little subconscious when you saw the horns, for example? Right. A little subconscious, well, okay, what the hell? So well, I, all I remember is that I said, this, this is it. I'm, over, this, you know, I'm, I'm done for. I said the wrong thing. And, um, you know, I, I thought... Where'd you go? You got cut off in mid-sentence. Just when we were getting... you got to call back, sir. you got to call back. I didn't do that. Either the phone company did it or the devil did it. And some would consider there to be not a big difference. One of them did it. Um, Art Bell, now several good faxes here. I feel that you are correct in saying the people are not excited about Bob Dole. I also feel that the reason that we're not excited about Bob Dole is that we are waiting for Newt Gingrich to announce his candidacy. Well, I could get excited about Newt Gingrich. I really, I really like Newt Gingrich. That's it. Whether he's going to get in, I don't know. He goes on, do I believe in God? Yes. Do I believe in the devil? Hell yes, says Ray from Bellingham, California. P.S. Love your book. And then this is the uh, couch story of all couch stories. It just cleared my fax machine. Art, I mailed this to town so it could be faxed to you. You said, go look in my couch. To see how much, uh, see, I found 78 cents in my couch last week, and I, I thought I would ask everybody what they found. Um, anyway, uh, Art, you said go look in your couch, see how much you could find, report back to you. Well, I have a place many miles deep in the woods for trapping. I lent it out for a couple of years to a hip couple. Now, you must promise not to tell any one of my whereabouts, but you may read my finding. First, the couch is a deep seven-foot couch. It's good to sleep on, as many have. I have had it for 20 years. When I went digging, I first found a Smith & Wesson 44 mag. Next, halfway to middle, I found a double plastic bag full with five kilos of pot. Seeing that I am not a user, I deplore youth getting the stuff. I buried it in my wood stove. Oh, I burned it in my wood stove. Huh. At the other end of the couch, I found no change. But again, in a plastic bag much smaller, as I counted it, the bills inside came to $10,100. If I put it into a CD, the feds would snoop. The owners hope, um, the, the owners hope they're not listening. I've had it for eight years. So that, is what I found in my couch. P.S. I have no electricity. I listen to your talk show on a battery-operated radio. And though he did include where he is, I will not. Now, what does that do to the average? $10,100, a Smith & Wesson, and a couple kilos of pot that he burned in his stove, probably stoning birds for miles around. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Art, Art 
Yes. This, this is Jeff from Memphis. I got cut off. You did. What happened? I, I think the day, I think the devil did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me finish up real quick. All um, right. And, and so I go into this, this terrifying apparition, and, um, and and I did I did kind of want to capitulate, but I was so confused. I think that's what really saved me. And all of a sudden, I started feeling a light from behind me. Uh, I felt the heat from the light first. Then I noticed the the light shining on the backs of my arms, and all of a sudden, and I got confidence. I said, No, I don't have to. I don't have to capitulate to this this bully. Uh-huh. And and all the time he's raging and gnashing of his teeth and, and telling how he's going to rip my heart out and and you know do all these disgusting things to me. Mm. And I said, No, you're not. And I held my hands up as he approached me. Just I actually just physically to try to ward him off, like I had any chance of doing that. Right. And the light got very bright. Now, uh, I have a background in, in, in my uh, college education of um, a minor in classical Greek and Latin. And I started speaking Latin. Now, the unusual thing about this is uh, I've never spoken Latin. I can translate it written barely now these days. But by that time in my life, I, I probably couldn't even do that that well. And I, here I was speaking it. And I do remember... The, what some of the words were basically, I remember saying "Spiritus Sanctus," which is "Holy Holy Ghost" and uh, and "Deus." Okay, and, we've got to wrap this up. So yeah. you... Anyway, um, so I uh, and, and this blinding light came out of my hand, and he he was gone. The devil was gone, and I woke up. And the half of my, my there was a full moon outside, so about half my room was lit up, and the other half was in complete darkness. The complete darkness. It was so deep you couldn't see uh, an, an inch through it, and I got very, very afraid. I could feel a presence in the room, and so I started praying fervently. And over about a period of about five minutes, the, the uh, darkness faded away, and it was light, and I could feel that the presence was gone. Excellent. Excellent story, Doctor. Thank you very much. The only thing I wonder, and I'm sure at times you wonder too, is you did, after all, make it through medical school. You are, after all, now making a very lucrative uh living in a private practice. Do you sometimes wonder, I wonder, whether in a weaker moment you did make some kind of deal? Maybe not. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hello, Art. How are you doing? Fine. Uh, I was a little surprised to hear you yesterday with the guest, uh, Dr. Snow. Oh, um, yes. Yes. Of how you kind of disagreed with them, I guess, about I did. This, this evil thing. But, you know, that, that's really kind of inconsistent of how you've talked the whole long, especially Gordon Michael Scallion. He also sees it as uh, as a transition, as a... It as, is true. As a rising in vibration. As, I, I know. Uh, but, see, they use all these flowery words. Uh, Gordon does it. Other visionaries do it. Dr. Snow did it yesterday. Transition, change, all for the better. But when you look at the maps that these people produce, uh, you will see that probably nigh on to about a half or more of the population will die. Now, there are 260 million people in America alone. Mm-hmm. Do the math. That's a lot of dead people. Yeah, now, but... now, you can say, well, yes, but they're going on to a better spiritual existence. And maybe they are, if that should occur. But well, it's still a lot of dead people, and 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 I I I think serving it up with these words of but it'll be a good change, and we should all want it. 
I don't know if I'm in that place. See. Well, that, that, that's what surprises me. Aren't I? Are, are you excited about what happens? I mean, it sounds like you're excited about what's going on, as opposed to scared or doomsday or that kind of thing. And I, I'm excited, too. Well, I don't know what you mean by excited. I, uh, I'm not in a hurry to move on spiritually. Um, I like, uh, I kind of enjoy my life here on Earth at the moment. And so, if you ask me, would I like it to occur tomorrow? My answer is no. Yeah. And if I were to ask you, I guess your answer would be sure. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You. All right, thank you. I gave an analogy yesterday. We had a Dr. Snow on, Chet Snow, and um, he concurred with the Scallion predictions and so many others that there are about to be big changes. Well... They refer to these changes uh, in sort of spiritual terms. I'm, tr I'm being a little more pragmatic about it. And when these earth, when and if these earth changes occur, there are going to be millions that are going to be displaced and die. And I suppose you can sit back and take the bigger spiritual picture, but I'm not doing that. I'm saying, gee, it's going to kill a lot of people. And I'm being very straightforward about it. Maybe too much so. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough about it. Maybe I should be the one sitting here saying, yes, sir, I'm ready for the rapture or whatever it is that comes next. Take me up. But I'm not. I like to remain around for a while. I will say and repeat what I said to Dr. Snow. And that is, and by the way, I was reminded, uh, you remember the movie The High and Mighty? <laughs> It was about an airplane. I saw it, and it impressed me as a youngster. I was very young. My dad took me to see it. And on the big screen, oh, it was very dramatic. Very. And they would go from these tender little scenes to suddenly the noise of an airplane crashing through all the speakers in the theater. And it was a story about an airplane, I thought, crossing the Atlantic. I was corrected. Crossing the Pacific. And... In the days of prop, early prop plane, uh, transatlantic or Pacific uh, flight, there was something called a point of no return. Now, with a modern 747, assuming it doesn't go into pieces in the air, uh, there is no such thing. At nearly any point, they can turn around and have enough fuel to go back to the point from which they um, um, took off. But at, in, in the old days, there was a little red light that would come on in the cockpit, and it meant point of no return. In other words, you have now used up over half your fuel. So you have no choice, and if anything goes wrong, there is no going home. You can only go forward toward whatever is next, Paris, London, whatever. And I said to uh, Dr. Snow, and I will say to you now, that I think humanity's little red light blinked on some time ago. And that is not to say doomsday is now or even around the corner. It is to say that we have now gone past the point of no return, socially, economically, politically, uh, in every way you can imagine, and we are going to go on to whatever is next. Now, you can look at that in a dark way or not. I do not necessarily. I just look at it uh, sort of pragmatically, 
the way I am. Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Okay, um, where where are you? I'm west of the Rockies, buddy. Uh, I got that. Where? Uh, Sacramento, California. All right, good. Yeah, hey, you know how long I've been trying to get a hold of you? No, I don't. Almost about uh, two weeks. And then one night, late at night when I was coming home, about around 1.30 in the morning, I uh, finally got the 800 number, and I was uh, a happy camper. Anyway, I wanted to say to you, I agree with you on uh, the quickening taking place. And I think it's um, something uh, that's caused great contemplation in my life about my individual existence um, here on Earth and about what's going on around me. And I agree with you on your perception of the fact that I think that the quickening that's taking place um, is not, ne- not necessarily a positive thing. It's a lot of people are going to be eliminated and uh, kicked on over to the other side. Well, I mean, ultimately it may be uh, in some sort of greater spiritual sense. But uh, my way of looking at it is a lot of people are going to die. And I agree with you. And I'd actually rather not be one of them. Make that a double. Uh, really? You too, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying this adventure, you know, the one I'm having now. Uh, I'm not Thank ready to, to start another until I finish this one. And the final chapter in my book may have been written, but not in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep hearing about your book, and I've been wanting to... I'm waiting for well, I didn't mean that to be a book plug. I, I was just using that as an analogy. In oh, other words, okay. I've got more to do in life Yeah. Uh, ahead of me, and uh, I am not ready to call it quits. And My question is, is that... Um, Oh, no, not a question. It's just a general open-ended statement. I agreed with you when you said about a week, two weeks ago, that uh, Bill Clinton would probably do anything he would want, he can, to try to get reelected as president of the United States. Well, so that was because party, somebody called up and said he was a communist. I said, no, he's not. Yeah. yeah no, he's not. On that. I agree with you on that. I think he would do anything he would, he can to get reelected. The, the communists had deeper principles uh, than, than Bill Clinton. I agree with you on that, I was a... Um... Well, you're agreeing with me too much, sir, so <laughs> I've got to go. Thank you very much for the call. You know, I don't know... I, I knew what the communists were about. Um, their uh, their um, agenda was very clear, very, very clear. And they weren't ashamed to say what it was. So I knew what the communists were. I know what we are. But I don't know what Bill Clinton is. I don't even think Bill Clinton knows what Bill Clinton is. So he's he's changing on everything. Now all of a sudden, well, maybe seven years we can do it. He's looking at the uh, Republican welfare proposals now um, in a better light. The White House has been sending up flags saying he may be changing his mind and prepared to sign whatever it is that uh, comes to him in terms of welfare reform. I really believe that if Bill Clinton needed to do it, he would declare himself a Republican. Maybe that's what Bob Dole has to fear. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello there. Goodbye. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. 
hello, Brother Bell. Hello there, Brother this is, Caller. This, this is the River of Eagles. Uh, oh, Eagle River, Alaska. Yes, the, the, this is the nation of Israel. It is. Have you ever heard of the nation of Islam? I have, yes. Well, now you've heard of the nation of Israel. I've heard of that, anyway. Not to be confused with the state of isn't real. I see. Yes. How you doing, Art? I'm fine. Hey, um... Well, let's see, there's, um... Rabin? No, he's dead now. Art, listen. Uh... Marvin Hayer said that God wouldn't talk to such a fool as uh, Yigal Amir, because God wouldn't talk to such a fool like him. But, you know, the scripture says... Isn't it a little arrogant uh, for any human to decide who God would or wouldn't talk to? Well, yeah, because it actually says that um, that um, the wise men of Zion will be confounded by, by the fools and the foolish things. Mm. Well, you know, men say a lot of things. But you, uh, what gets me is, um, I you know, I, th this could come out sounding wrong. Well, it I, seems to me like you're trying to say something you don't know how to say it. What is it well, you want to say, sir? Just spit it out. Well, okay. You ever hear of the USS Liberty? Uh, I, yes, yes. I know know all about that. Yes. Thirty-four of our servicemen were killed and 171 yes. wounded. I, yeah, I recall. Mm -hmm. And Robert Strange McNamara called the planes, made the planes go back from the from the aircraft carrier that was trying to trying to help the the Liberty. And then finally they went out again. And Johnson, President Johnson, called them back and um, and said that Israel was too important an ally to us. And anyways, but apparently the orders came from Yitzhak Rabin. You're still dancing around here. So really, what you're saying is you're glad Rabin is dead. You think he ordered the uh, the hit, in essence? No, no. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, I'm not glad we're being, and I think it's a terrible thing. But I'm just saying that this, the scripture says that, that that he had blood on his hands, and that the wicked shall not enjoy the fullness of their years; that they'll be cut off from the land of the living. Uh -huh. And I think he had the blood of our servicemen on his hands. Well, you know what I think. And I think what? I think that a lot of people who have evil on their hands live very long evil lives. But that uh, however long you live on this earth is a very minor matter uh, compared to what you face in eternity. So, you know, a few years one way or the other, sir, I don't think it's a big deal. And I don't think uh, Rabin was cut down because he was the antithesis of evil. Uh, that's my view. And uh, your view, frankly, was obvious. You're listening to Ark Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6th. 1995.
York Bell somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6th. 1995. Good morning, everybody. Uh, some listeners can be so cruel. Jim, for example, and a ham operator at that, says, Satan and Art Bell. It is obvious now why your affiliates are expanding and you are succeeding in your efforts. I'll bet you end up with 666 affiliates before he takes your soul. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Actually, uh, when you think about it, wasn't Rush just about up in that area, 660, somewhere in there, uh, when he peaked? Ah, <sighs> uh, Jim, made the bird of paradise, you know. Okay, um, in a moment, we're going to get eclectic on you, and we're going to the big island of Hawaii. I'll tell you about it in a moment. free Art Bell interview with the late Father Malachi Martin, and we're still getting calls about it. So for a limited time, we're offering both of the previous interviews with Malachi Martin, both of them together free. If you own one and want the other, simply subscribe to our After Dark magazine, and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set. You can give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a year, and you'll receive a full-color magazine chock full of great reading. And this month, read about parallel universes, real-life mermaids, emerging viruses, and so much more. It's all in After Dark. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 That's 1-888-727-5505. Get the 12 monthly issues and the two free CDs you just pay shipping and handling. Subscribe online as well at coasttocoastam.com. If you happened to hear something on the show last night or last week, did you know that all the guest information and show information is available online at www.coasttocoastam.com? The Webmaster Lex has posted everything right down to the bumper music. Now also on the website is a service called Streamlink for about 15 cents a day. You can have access to live streaming audio no matter where you are, as long as you're close to a computer, as well as archive shows from the last 90 days. You can hear the show on your computer anytime you wish. Plus, you'll have access to George Norrie's Tuesday Night Chats, get the inside story on the show, and the inside story on what's going on on Coast to Coast. Just log on to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Now you can hear Coast to Coast AM on demand. You'll be glad you did. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Give me an overview of your perception of the occult. We know that so much of real important information has been hidden purposely because the people in power always consider that kind of knowledge on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. All you need to do is do what you've always done, just watch the ball games and be entertained and watch television. You don't need to do any thinking and start questioning the powers that be. They don't want us to no, think. No, no. America has been purposely dumbed down 
and kept ignorant because that just leaves the people at the top a lot of free room to do anything they want. I think that we have some extraordinarily powerful people who are not interested in money or power. They are after our very souls, period. Now we take you back to the night of November 6th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Now, uh, Dorian Weissel is about to be on the air, and I probably got his name wrong. It's spelled, well, I'll give you the spelling in a moment. Here's what he wrote to me in part. I have been encouraged by several people to contact you, Art. I've been documenting the volcanic activity at Kilauea Volcano on the island of Hawaii since 1985. He lives there. He has three books out on the subject, Fire on the Mountain, published by Chronicle Books, the latest. As a part of what I do, I work in association with the USGS at the Hawaiian Volcano Observatory. I, as you, feel Gordon Michael Scallion is on the money not only because of his presentation of sincerity, but because of the information that I am in contact with via my associations with scientists who work in the related fields. There are a number of very significant events that have already occurred in California that suggest not to those who, quote, feel, end quote, but those who, quote, think, end quote, that the tectonic and volcanic events are changing in their nature very dramatically right now. Now, he spells his last name W-E-I-S-E-L. And there would be a lot of people out there, cruel people, I'm sure, who would pronounce his last name Weasel, but Weasel he is not. Weisel he is. Is it Weisel? Yep, that's the name. You got it right the first time. Um, I would imagine through school, Dorian that you had quite a hard time. Yeah, you would believe it, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, are you a an original Hawaiian resident? No, I, I was born in Los Angeles and spent most of my growing up in Humboldt County oh, in okay. Northern California before I moved to Hawaii. Which was when? In 1979. 79. And actually moved here as a carpenter and became uh, very, very fascinated by the volcanic activity and made a major jump in my life where I just weaseled, weaseled my way into a profession other than the one that I sort of took up as a young adult, and that be uh, being specifically photographically documenting volcanic activity. Um, how far are you from the Big Islands volcano? I live uh, essentially a quarter of a mile from the actual summit of, of Kilauea volcano. You're kidding. No. You live a quarter mile from the summit? Yeah. I, I, I live in a very small little village called Volcano, actually. <laughs> Volcano, Volcano, Hawaii. What a nice address <laughs> to have for what I do, huh? A quarter mile from it. Yeah. Holy mackerel. And uh, if you're aware of the area, um, the the actual part, uh, the national park uh, system has uh, control over the summit area, and it's one of the one most wonderful um, national parks I'd ever recommend anyone to visit. In any event, Kilauea is uh, considered one of the most, if not the most, active volcano on the planet. Right. And generically, we all believe Kilauea to be a very benign volcano. And those in uh, this lifetime who have 
visited this area um, are usually greeted by activity, if it's happening, that they can approach in one way or another safely to some degree. But in reality, Kilauea is as deadly of a volcano in the long term as any other of the stratovolcanoes around the Ring of Fire. Well, uh, in its nearly constant activity, there's some lava flow, right, and uh, smoke and belching and all the rest of it. Um, so there's not much to the theory that, uh, you know, a lot of people, for example, with respect to earthquakes in the central part of California, think that if there are a lot of small earthquakes, that is cool because it is relieving tension and preventing uh, a big slippage. Now, I guess that's not true in the world of volcanoes necessarily, huh? Well, um, earthquakes have to be broken down into several categories initially. Um, what is generating the earthquake would have to be brought in right off the bat. Like, if a uh, rock is moving, you have two rigid um, pieces of rock that are, in some sense, separate from each other, and one moves adjacent to the other and, bang and bangs into it, it creates a ripple, a sound wave, a, a earthquake right. that um, um, travels through the ground, and, and we understand that one. When magma moves underground, it, too, causes sound waves or, or earthquakes, um, mm -hmm. generates energy that has to propagate through the rock around it, and those two are in that same um, generic class called earthquakes. One of the the the, the earthquakes that are uh, you know, volcanic, if you will, or seismic, or, or um, magmatic in their origin, are are usually in the form of tremor and, and have a much different signal. If you were to look at this on in the way scientists plot this this information. Uh, then a rigid earthquake that is a release of energy that's at a very specific instant and then dies out. All right. I've got late news that there was a 4.7 tremor or earthquake, whatever you want to call it, exactly one mile under Mount Vesuvius today. Yeah, that could be in either one of those categories, but it was obviously volcanic in nature, but was a piece of the volcanic edifice slipping and causing an earthquake or was magma intruding and causing a, the the mountain to move aside to allow for this new material to enter into the mountain itself. Good question. Okay, All so right, I, I take it you are a listener to the program, correct? Yes. Um, did you hear me read the special bulletin from Scallion the, no. on, the other night? No. Oh, really? No. Um, all right, I am going to read it. Hang in there just a second. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me to do this, so here it comes. This was sent to me by Gordon Michael Scallion, um, November 1st. It was a special bulletin. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Earth change activities continue to increase along the ring of fire. Already this year, the record for the number of yearly earthquakes greater than 6.0 has been broken. We still have over two months remaining in the year. I have been warning since 1993... I considered activity at Mount Poco, I'm going to call it. It's P-O-C-O-A-T-E-P-E-T-I, still can't pronounce it, in Mexico to be a precursor to quakes uh, ranging in magnitude from 8 plus, uh, minus, or plus or minus a 0.5 in the Mexico City region. On September 14th, a magnitude 7.5 hit near Mexico um, the Pacific coast of Mexico, and October 9th, a 7.9 hit the very same region. Poco came to life, I call it that, in 94, and is now once again active. I consider the recent activity in Mexico 
as the beginning of a three-month window for earth changes to occur along the west coast of the U.S. Other events that send up early warning flares for me are the recent eruptions of volcanoes in Japan. They have triggered thousands of small earthquakes in that region and increased the risk of a major quake or blow-off that may occur in the region shortly. If my window is correct, time may be short for this and other predictions to occur. The following is a summary of previously published ECR predictions, Earth Changes Report predictions, for the 1995-96 time frame concerning the U.S. Quakes to occur along the west coast of the U.S. in a domino fashion. High-risk areas, epicenters or areas affected by quakes are... Palm Springs, San Diego, Sonoma County, the San Francisco Bay Area, including Sacramento, Oakland, San Jose. Some quakes will be greater than magnitude 8.0. Some seismic monitors will record earthquakes of 9.0 or greater. Will there be other early warning signs? I am watching Japan, the Indian Ocean region, Mount Vesuvius in Italy, and the U.S. Cascades region very closely now. Major activity in any of these areas would indicate potential earth change activity to occur within weeks, perhaps days, along a line drawn from Vancouver, B.C. to Eureka, California, to San Diego. A final note. If you live in a high-risk area, it is better to be prepared. If the quake doesn't occur, it becomes a blessing, and you'll be better prepared for when it does. Even the scientific community is now saying the big one can occur now any time. All right. Um, now, uh, Dorian, you are caught up. There it was, a sort of a fast bulletin from Scallion. And what I would like to do is find out generally whether you agree with that assessment. That, that's that's hard to place. Um, my my business really is not in the in the futuristic, but in in trying to articulate what information about currently what's going on and and let individuals draw their own conclusions. All right. What what is going on is 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 a very um, elaborate, um, dramatic story um, that you know is told by the earth. And if scientists were uh, only savvy in telling the story, everyone would be totally attracted to what they have to say, but they really are just being scientists, and we really should be very appreciative of that in itself. In any event, um, the the scientists that have spent a good portion of their time looking at the lower portion of what we call the San Andreas Fault um, put out a notice uh, a couple years back actually spelling out the potential for minimally a 7.5, right. if not moving into uh, the lower 8.8, 8.2, and 0.3. They publish reports talking about an area that is running through the San Bernardino, San Bernardino Mountains and specifically uh, spoke about an area called uh, with a town called Wrightwood. And uh, this was uh, information was published just after an earthquake that occurred that we all refer to as the Landers earthquake. Right. Now, the Landers earthquake, as far as I'm concerned, is probably the most significant earthquake that has happened in the latter part of the, of the century. Why? Um, because of a few things that have happened at the exact instant that the earthquake occurred. Every magma body in the West Coast 
minimally, and there's evidence spreading further out. But every magma body along all the entire Cascade Range in the Sierras, every known magma body shook at the exact instant of the earthquake. Not later, not as normal scenarios would have it, which is with the force leaving the point that it's released and propagating out and then reaching an area in which a magma body exists. Okay, what is then, it? I, I've got you. Okay. Um, uh, so that is different than a normal earthquake. In other words, it was some collective event. Otherwise, all of these areas could not have uh, shaken at the same moment. What does that mean to you? Well, it, it, let me give you an, a, another component of its unusual behavior. It, Landers is located essentially at the east, uh, the southeast corner of the San Andreas Fault, uh, and where, where um, it comes up from the Baja and then turns and goes west into the uh, L.A. area and then once again turns north. Uh, Landers is in the area where it comes from the south and then turns going west. Okay. And during the earthquake, at the incident of the earthquake, the earth ruptured for an area approximately 18 miles long in a track running north from Landers. Rather than along the San Andreas Fault, the, the earth cracked open in, 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 in a line opposing that strike. And the interesting thing about this is it's that that crack has been interpreted as the beginning of the next se uh, segment of the continent being sectioned off. In all our lives, we've known that the San Andreas Fault is a line of demarcation between a uh, transient piece of rock of the Earth being the land on the west side of the San Andreas Fault as opposed to what we believe has been the stable land on the east side of the San Andreas Fault. Well, scientists are believing now that this line represents the next section of the continent being sectioned off. Now, the interesting thing about that is that that line is in line with the backside of the Sierra Nevada range. You're really a quarter mile from the crater, huh? Yeah. Does that ever give you the heebie-jeebies? No. Never? No. Uh, in other words, you don't feel like uh, there's a chance of a blow-off there? There, there. This mountain is erupting, and so it's under the pressure, but the pressure is vertically, you know, it's coming up. Yes. If the, if, if the mountain were to begin to drain, and it has done this repetitively throughout its history, the last time in 1924, but the, realistically in, in 18, 1790, it, it blew its top off. Kilauea blew its top off in as dramatic, if not greater, a uh, bang than Mount St. Helens when it blew okay, up. Okay, well, I'm, I don't know a lot about volcanoes, but they, for, they form domes, right, uh, at times, and then that creates, the pressure begins to build and build and build, it, just like in a bomb, really. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of what we refer to as stratovolcanoes or or what you would understand is the volcanoes that occupy the entire ring of fire. That's right. Hawaii is a shield volcano, um. and it, essentially the magma is coming from deep within the earth rather than the source of magma in stratovolcanoes being more a uh, shallower All right. magma. All right, I've got you. Now, um, we're very short on time. We're at the okay. bottom of the hour here. Um, Vesuvius, uh, many, many earthquakes under Vesuvius. I saw CBS piece. Uh, the other, about uh, Sunday a week ago that said, and they showed an Italian geologist who said she thinks Vesuvius is getting ready to blow. Now, when we come back, I want to ask you about that. Stay right there, Dorian. You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. <laughs>
Networks presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired November 6th, 1995. Here I am. My guest is Dorian Wiesel, and he is uh, about a quarter mile from the Kilauea crater, active crater on Kilauea, on the big island in Hawaii, and he'll be back here in just one second. You know, he says he doesn't mind living a quarter mile from the crater, but somehow I... I don't think I could do it. I'd, I'd have dreams about waking up in the middle of the night to a sort of a sizzling sound, looking down and seeing hot lava all around my bed, fill, filling up my house like water would fill a house during a during a rainstorm, slowly rising higher and higher. The bed catching flames. You get the picture. But I guess it's not that way. <laughs> Just one little brief fax from Bryn Marie in San Francisco, who says, If the picture on a vase, people, can somehow glaze my ex-husband's picture onto the inside of a chamber pot, then sign me up. <laughs> Good sense of humor, Bryn. All right, back now to within a quarter mile of the Kilauea Spit point. <laughs> this is Dorian uh, Wiesel. Uh, Dorian, all right. Um, we were. I was asking you about Vesuvius. Now, Gordon Michael Scallion warning severely about Vesuvius and Etna. Last time I had a message from me, uh, him, he said, "Watch Vesuvius. Watch Etna. If there's any activity, uh, it's meaningful and it will mean the beginning of a cycle." What do you think? I, I haven't any reference points that's so far away from me other than to say that Mount Vesuvius is known to erupt and erupt very, very dramatically over and over and over again. I'm sure every, all, all your listeners know the story of Pompeii 
Yes. I mean, uh, it, um, Vesuvius covered itself in ash in uh, 1906. It, er- it erupted during World War II in 1944, but just smaller eruptions. It's, but it's known to, as, as all those types of volcanoes that are associated with um, the um, plate interaction, they, they blow up very dramatically. All right. I guess what Gordon Michael Scallion is prophesizing is a, a total shift, a total change in the Earth's magna, magma. And um, do you believe that to be occurring? Uh, well, uh, let's, let's maybe refer back to your long-winded interview with him, which I did listen to and recorded and listened to over and over again. And I, from what I understand, he specifically says at the root of all this is a shift at the, in the inner core That's of right. our planet. That's correct. Okay. With that in mind and passing that to uh, scientists, uh, your friends of mine, seismologists, who at the first hearing of, of your interview with Gordon said, this guy's off the wall. But all of them came back within a week and said, you know, everything he says makes a lot of sense. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, but, you... but his presentation, his lack of speaking the lingo, if you will, yes. um, makes well, but people he doesn't, discount he has... him. Yes, <laughs> I know that. But see, he... He does not even pretend to speak the lingo. And more power to him. That keeps him clean. <laughs> <laughs> but you speak the lingo, and uh, let's find out um, what you've been doing. Now, you've written a book. I know you consult with USGS there. Uh, what do you do with them? Uh, is it just a sort of a friendship basis? Do you actually provide reports because of where you are? What, what, what I do is I document photographically for my own, my own affairs, for my business, volcanic activity in Hawaii. And by doing so and having spent a long time in working side-by-side side with the scientists that also document that activity, but to them, photographs are a tool to document and towards the documentation of the actual behavior of the Earth. But in, in keeping in close contact with them and also working in, in such as sharing camps and building camps for them and offering my services in any way I can, the U.S. Geological Survey is one of the most poorly funded branches of our government. If anybody could do anything to help these people, I mean, they're, they're almost like saints in some sense that they, they get kicked around by our Congress so, so repetitively and keep trying to do what is interpretive work for us as a population. All right, in well, any let... event, I work with them. Okay. And, and... Let me ask you about these saints. Uh, if <laughs> these saints were to learn uh, that there had been some basic change in the core yes. of the Earth, would these saints tell us commoners? I don't think so. Uh-huh. I have... real, real frank, let, if you want to explore that, you just very briefly, there is a matter of disseminating information about an event that has occurred, and there's a matter about speculating on what might have or might be occurring. And in our government, we hold people liable. And in other right. governments, in other places, you go to a national park, you know, you want around, you will break your leg. That's your business. Mm. Here, we pay rangers to keep you from breaking your leg. Right. And thus, we bind and gag all of uh, uh, all officials in all capacities, public and private, in our in our society via our our, our court structure, our our laws. And these people have to behave in, in accordance with that. They're all employed by somebody. Of course. Uh, so you are uniquely qualified to be able to say what you're saying without necessarily giving names and that kind of thing. But really, that happened. In other words, uh, you went to them with scallions. Uh, 
I, I did not so, go to the government officially. I went to individuals that no, were in, in different environments, educational and scientific, and and in the U.S. Geological Survey, and you know, asked them to review these ideas. I I am able to interpret. You know, when 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 he calls it wrong in a sense, you know, on details, it, it, it's obvious that he's just trying to fill in the gaps. But he has a very clear picture, and. And he shouldn't even have to try to clear and fill in the gaps. He's just got a wonderfully clear picture. Mm. I, I How did they come back to you? In other words, these scientists, at first they poo-pooed it, uh, then you say within a week they came back. And how did they approach you when they came back? I mean, wh In other words, they said this would be, this is something that from their perspective, in other words, in their way they focus on what they do in their trade, they never put these pieces together as loosely. They're more involved in the detail of a phenomenon. But given some time for some free thinking, rather than jumping at saying, no, that sounds very, very off the wall, they were able to say, listen, this isn't as off the wall as it initially sounds. It mm. does fit what we know about Earth and Earth changes. All long-term geologic age changes on this Earth are known to occur dramatically. We do not have the rising and the falling of, earth, of, of, of sea level happen over tens of or hundreds of years. It happens in, in five years when it happens. It, 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 it's, it, these, we, we have dramatic changes. The earth is not perfectly spherical. It, it, it wobbles, and the forces have to be released occasionally. We know we have dramatic changes in the location of where our poles our, our magnetic poles exist. We have uh, uh, dramatic changes in where our our, our actual true poles are, um, lie. Um, these are changes that don't come just over uh, long-winded periods of time. These are changes that come very dramatically. Right now, um, with the addition of man, you know, we we can talk about some of them. But the ones that we're focusing on are ones that man really doesn't have an impact on. And yes, I. Uh, See every every sign that says there is a in the in the areas that I focus on there there is a dramatic change occurring. I, I would like to put closure on the on the little scenario of the Landers earthquake. Yes, please. In that um, that strike of that new fissure that I spoke about going north from the town of Landers um, leads up the backside of the Sierras, and on the backside of the Sierras there is a, another dra drama unfolding that other scientists look at, volcanologists, not seismologists, essentially, and that is the Long Valley Caldera. And the Long Valley Caldera is essentially uh, occupied by Mono Lake. Some of us know that. There's three Highway 395 goes through that region. Right. That, since 1983, that area has been inflating at a very large rate. Inflation is a term we use when we see the surface of the Earth rise. And the reason it's rising there is because magma is intruding into the area. Since last spring or last winter, there has been a massive amount of volcanic gas issuing from the ground there. Enough volcanic gas to suggest that, that magma is getting very close to the surface. Seems to me I have seen some newspaper articles suggesting it's, there's so much of it, it is killing trees. Is I would believe that, yes. Really? Yes. Uh, I've heard quotes that say there's more gas venting out of that ground there now than venting out of Kilauea here, and we can account for that l gas coming out because we know the lava that's coming out is bringing the gas with it. And so we have a volume. We have a lava. We know. But we've got more of that same kind of volcanic in nature gas 
venting out of Long Valley Caldera. Now, if I if you say that the Earth has begun cracking in a new place, in a new strike, and that strike is leading to an active accumulating magma body, that is two and two. Um, the last time the Long Valley Caldera erupted, it is, by the way, I believe the largest um, magma accumulation of magma body in the continental United States. And the last time it erupted, it covered the entire United States in ash. Okay, listen, I'm just a commoner, so is everybody's uh, listening. Um, what's happening deep inside the Earth? I take it that you are one of the school that believes that there is a magma core to the Earth. There have been recent uh, scientists who said, no, it's an iron core. You believe there is a magma core or a magma area within the Earth, correct? The, the, the Earth is divided up in the regions. The inner, inner, inner region is an iron core. That's what Gordon is talking about having moved. That iron core is spinning, and it is inside a, of a magma body. It is suspended and held in the de dead center uh, like, a, uh, um, like a top, right, a a gyroscope, it, 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 and in that dead center is a iron core, but it is surrounded by a very large magma body. So, what way down there has changed? The metal cent or the metal core has changed. That's what Gordon oh, suggests. That's yes. what he suggests, and, that's and that is what drives the plate. And he's right about that. That force is the core of why everything's moving around on the surface the way it does. So if it shifts slightly, it, it will cause a rapid change in the direction of all the plates on the surface of the Earth. And the, the associated changes in the climate, changes in the weather, and we, 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 like I said, science, go to school, become a geologist. They teach you that geologic changes come dramatically. This is a theater of the mind, radio, and so here we've got this iron core... And if it shifts to one side, then it puts pressure on the magma universally or uh, specifically? Um, I, 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 I almost see it more like we're talking about spinning objects and there's a slight wobble, there's a slight outer roundness about the object itself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's it what Gordon said. It has to do a little release of the stresses that accumulate in the, in the uh, you know, accumulated revolutions of the spin. And it, so it relocates itself. And because we're not in a true round environment, it can't get to perfect center. So this is something that would happen repetitively over very long periods of time. And there's a lot of reasons, esoterically, if you will, to believe that now is a time that is 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 it fits. And and, and Gordon's just feeling something that someone else in a different vein would talk about. In, in a religious sense or something else, but it's a, it's an accumulate. You call it the quickening. I do, and I feel it. Yes, and, and a lot I, of a lot I, of my listeners I feel it. For just stumbling out there and continuing <laughs> to hold it, hold it up without. Yeah, my neck's out there a million miles. All I can say is I feel it. I'm just being honest with people. Right. But on. you listen to the program. You've heard a lot of other people feel the same thing. Yeah, I don't have I, a scientific basis for it. You seem to have more of one. Um, the, would you agree? that right now, as not in my memory, uh, volcanically, uh, with regard to earthquakes, the ring of fire has certainly come alive. Absolutely. 
we we uh, what Gordon said, what you said in his press release is backed up by all sorts of press releases. If person people were just to follow the uh, weekly, the little weekly report that comes out in people's Sunday papers, the Earthwatch report, you would know that they've been reporting the highest records of earthquakes per month in the six and above category uh, in, uh, all over the place. We are in a very heightened state of something, um, but. That alone, I, I, I'm trying to point out for those in the California area that we're not in, just in a heightened state of having earthquakes generically, but those earthquakes are also showing us heightened, heightened states of dramatic changes. Gordon says the first break in California will essentially be along the San Andreas Fault. He, he, in your interview, said Eureka through Bakersfield. That's right. Um, we had a series of earthquakes in the Eureka area that were so given a name, I believe, of Ferndale earthquake or Lolita earthquake right. a couple years ago. And the aftershock sequence in that area has been very unusual in that there are all sorts of suggestions going back to our defining uh, earthquakes generated by earthquakes or earthquakes generated by movement of magma. There are all sorts of suggestions of magma moving in the southern Humboldt County to northern Mendocino County area ever since those two um, earthquakes a couple years ago. And this is unheard of. This is magma moving in an area that has never seen any uh, magma moving underneath it. Right. And I've also seen uh, and heard talk of magma moving since that time in an area in southern Oregon that has never seen magmatic movement before. And this would be no in kidding. keeping with Gordon's views, Gordon's feelings, Gordon's visions. And that's why I was compelled to communicate with you, because these are just pieces, and I'm not, I would not want to draw conclusions for anyone, but with Gordon, with people, and I can feel them reaching through you saying, you know, we got that much, but, you know, I, I actually personally know people rearranging their lives based on hearing the interview I know. you had. I know. Okay, uh, so let's get, let's try to get reasonable and mature about it also. in terms. Of, so here are pieces. Magma moving at one end of what he sees has never been there, and these new cracks, the San Andreas Fault moving on to a new segment, I thought were significant pieces. So I wanted to All right, I, I agree with you. Stand by, Dorian. We'll be right back to you. Dorian Wiesel is my guest. He's a quarter mile from the crater at Kilauea, and he'll be right back. <laughs> The Art Bell interview with the late Father Malachi Martin, and we're still getting calls about it. So for a limited time, we're offering both of the previous interviews with Malachi Martin, both of them together free. If you own one and want the other, simply subscribe to our After Dark magazine, and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set. You can give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a year, and you'll receive a full-color magazine chock full of great reading. And this month, read about parallel universes, real-life mermaids, emerging viruses, and so much more. It's all in After Dark. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 that's one triple eight seven two seven five five zero five. Get the twelve monthly issues and the two free CDs. You just pay shipping and handling. Subscribe online as well at coasttocoastam.com. Now we take you back to the night of November sixth, nineteen ninety-five, on Art Bell, somewhere in time.
back now to Dorian Wiesel, just a quarter mile from uh, Kilauea's uh, belching point. Um, Dorian, uh, we've only got a short time. I'm going to hold you over and have you answer questions of people um, who would like to call in and ask them. Sure. Um, if I were to push you up against the wall, Dorian, <laughs> and say, Dorian, um, what the hell's going on and when is it going to happen? Uh, for the audience that will be leaving us shortly, I have to do this. Um, okay. What would you say? I mean, what are we headed for in your opinion? How far shall I stick my head on the block? Um, well. <laughs> okay. My opinion, and that's an interesting word, yes. um, is that um, we're all here to, to go through this together. And that I'm astounded that uh, we're having such a flood of, of people being born. I mean, I actually think this is is, is the most wonderful thing we can all do together somehow and and that's boy you sound like chet snow on sunday i i don't i i can't get your sunday show well i, I can't get it, your sunday your sunday show because it's broadcast in the daylight here and it doesn't travel oh i see well the thing about the thing is um and chet is a great great guy dr chet snow he too believes these changes are coming he comes at it from a different perspective and uh he too feels they're very positive and I love that kind of talk. It's nice to hear, but um, bottom line is it's still going to mean millions of dead people. How many happy people are there today? Um, Let's get cut to the chase. How many people are happy? And if you ain't happy, why in the hell are you alive? Um, bottom line. Well, I'm relatively happy. I'm glad to hear it. But I happen to watch a lot of suffering around me. And it's not just because I, I don't live in a suffering place. But if you turn on the news, what you get is images of people living in hell. Well, and that's true. If, that is if, true. If you want to give another bend to your concept of quickening, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it's essentially what I believe I see all the people around me going through is an internal search for a betterment, a, a way, and, and they're still bouncing up against the wall. They're still trying their damnedest to be good people and somehow hitting hard. And to, to have so much um, hell on this earth, so many starving people, so many hurt people, so many people trying and not accomplishing. Okay, look, we're, we're at the top. Uh, listen to me, <laughs> listen to me, listen to me, Dorian. We're yes. at the top of the hour, so we've got to go. Uh, we'll sum up this hour by saying, don't fear the reaper. Amen. All right, amen. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Ark Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995.
listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. Indeed it is. My guest, Dorian Wiesel, he is uh, about a quarter mile from the Kilauea crater, the active Kilauea, on the big island of Hawaii. And um, while he dances a little bit, he stays put long enough to... Uh, pin him down, too, and uh, that's what I've now begun to do. Pretty obvious that he's been listening to the show for some time. He consulted with some scientists at USGS about Gordon Michael Scalia. Their initial reaction? Balderdash. About a week later, he says, they came back and most of them, or all of them, said, well, maybe. And uh, Dorian has written a book uh, with reg- actually three books, the latest of which is Fire on the Mountain. Pretty good title for a book, huh? And we'll get back to him and your questions in just a moment. We are going to open the lines. We've got a cool fax for him here, too. free Art Bell interview with the late Father Malachi Martin, and we're still getting calls about it. So for a limited time, we're offering both of the previous interviews with Malachi Martin, both of them together free. If you own one and want the other, simply subscribe to our After Dark magazine, and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set. You can give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a year, and you'll receive a full-color magazine chock full of great reading. And this month, read about parallel universes, real-life mermaids, emerging viruses, and so much more. It's all in After Dark. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 That's 1-888-727-5505. Get the 12 monthly issues and the two free CDs. You just pay shipping and handling. Subscribe online as well at coasttocoastam.com. If you happen to hear something on the show last night or last week, did you know that all the guest information and show information is available online at www.coasttocoastam.com? Our webmaster, Lex, has posted everything right down to the bumper music. Also on the website is a service called Streamlink. Man, is this great. For about 15 cents a day, you can have access to live streaming audio no matter where you are as long as you're close to a computer. You'll also get archived shows from the last 90 days, and you can hear the show on your computer any time you wish. Plus, you'll have access to my Tuesday night chats. That's once a month. So get the inside story on the show and the inside story on what's going on with Coast to Coast AM. You simply log on to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com, and you'll be glad you did. Streamlink, it's a great service. It's private. You even get a private email address directly to me. So just log on to coasttocoastam.com and read all about it. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Give me an overview of your perception of the occult. We know that so much of real important information has been hidden purposely because the people in power always consider that kind of knowledge on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. All you need to do is do what you've always done, just watch the ball games and be entertained and watch television. You don't need to do any thinking and start questioning the powers that be. They don't want us to think. No, no. America has been purposely dumbed down 
and kept ignorant because that just leaves the people at the top a lot of free room to do anything they want. I think that we have some extraordinarily powerful people who are not interested in money or power. They are after our very souls, period. You're listening to Ark Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6th, 1995. All right. A fax for Dorian. Art, the conversation is incredible. Please ask about the following faults, which opened during the Landers quake. Eureka Peak, Burnt Mountain, Johnson Valley. These all run parallel with the San Andreas, about 45 miles east of that particular fault. Next, will the Pinto Mountain Fault play in the division of earth and water? This fault runs east-west, parallel with the Joshua Tree National Park. Art, this is what I felt when I faxed you about well water rising. I believe the next phenomena we will see here locally is the heating of well water. What about the geothermal facilities running from Lone Pine to Imperial Valley? Uh, what about all of that, Dorian? Um, the, the faults that he's talking about are, are, are where the earth is uh, spreading in relationship to the movement of the San Andreas Fault. If you remember during the Landers earthquake, there was an uh, earthquake that followed just thereafter that was referred to as the Big Bear Earthquake. Yes, oh yes, I recall. And that, and that fault was essentially 90 degrees to the, the fault, the, the, the fissure that I'm talking about having opened up. Or it almost, in a sense, creating a triangle between that a north running crack and the San Andreas Fault. And essentially, you can imagine how the Earth would, as it's trying to stretch, have to create, break up in, because it's rigid, having to break up into these, um, these sections that um, are um, definitely um, in response to a bigger picture, i.e., these giant plates moving. Okay, around. again, back to the bigger picture. What dropped my jaw so hard was um, Scallion said, Watch Etna and Vesuvius. Well, uh, I got a newspaper article from Europe saying there have been many, many quakes suddenly under Etna as well. And on the CBS piece of Sunday a week ago, they said they have now called for a voluntary evacuation of the area around Vesuvius where there, you know, 25, uh, in 79 A.D., I think uh, 25,000 died. Yep. There are now one-half million people. Oh, yeah, the, t the city of Naples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, Man never learns, Art. <laughs> I guess. All right. Let's go to the phones. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian in Hawaii. Hello, Art. Hi. Hi. This is Chris, and I'm calling from St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, we've been hearing a lot about uh, seismic activity on the West Coast, and um, recently we've, we've had some activity actually here in Minnesota on the uh, Minnesota-South Dakota border, and we had some activity a few years ago in the same uh, general fault area. Um, could you comment on this activity, Dorian, and um, predict or possibly explain it? All right, Dorian, he is right. Um, I've had a lot of callers from South Dakota, a lot of listeners up in uh, Sioux Falls in that area. 
um, suddenly phoned in and said, my God, we're beginning to have earthquakes. Uh, and normally the Dakotas in Wisconsin, these are not earthquake-prone areas. Um, no, they actually I believe they are. It's just that we're talking about time scale, and that in the longer in the longer range picture, the, the, there's a there's a massive amount of earthquakes that we know about having uh, have occurred over time back there. And um, it's just a matter of what's the mechanism involved in that because they aren't as uh, frequent. The amount of study I believe hasn't been the same as we see in California. Um, Going back to if the core of the Earth shifts, everything has to be uh, has to uh, reflect that change. Uh, one of the another clues that I would uh, suggest everyone be attentive to is that for the last couple months, um, Yellowstone National Park has shown signs of potential renewed va- volcanic activity. That's right, and, that, and, that, and that's another key of something further east. I, I really don't have a larger view of that whole part of the world. It, it's just that these are unusual events in themselves, and they, they fall in, in, in line as pieces of the puzzle, if you will. Well, again, um, I know that you feel safe where you are a quarter mile from the crater. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if there was this giant shift of the core and magma shift uh, along with it, uh-huh. Is it not likely that Kilauea uh, would, when this all begins, uh, Kilauea would react as well? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, the island of Hawaii, the largest island in the island, Hawaiian island chain, which yes. is, is, falls at the southern end, yes. all the islands were made while the crust that they sit on now was sitting here. And because of plate tectonics, they've been moved away. And the island of Hawaii has been above the ocean for only a half a million years. But currently, the island is subsiding, losing ground, losing real estate at a rate of ten times greater than the amount of lava coming out of the volcanoes here. Hmm. So that's to say that realistically we are not in our lifetime now seeing the normal state of affairs in terms of the geologic phenomenon here. It should be erupting minimally ten times greater than it is. Mm-hmm. And the figures that we're talking about is over the last couple hundred years in terms of how much has erupted, not today. Now, this may also sound strange, but it's something I want to ask, then we'll go back to the phones. Um, is there a great deal of volcanic activity under the water? In other words, coming up from under the ocean. Uh, Absolutely, most of it. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, there are actually three kinds of volcanic volcanoes that are the main types, and one of them we do not see at all, and that is the uh, mid-ocean, mid well, we, we know the most, the largest one is the mid-Atlantic um, spreading ridge, but that is a seam that act, it is almost like the threads on a baseball, and you know how they are continuous all the way around the ball. If you were to follow a map of the Earth, and, and note all of the spreading zones. They're all connected, and they, and they really circle the entire Earth. And there's more volcanism there than anywhere else. I see a thread. Uh, there was a story about a week ago of fishermen in the North Atlantic finding fish that ought not be in the North Atlantic. Fish? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you heard about that? No, I haven't, uh, but, fi- it, but it makes th- sense. A tropical fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fish that uh, have been going north for some reason. Uh, into cooler waters where they would not normally go. Or, or, or maybe we, we might think of it in terms of the warmer waters going there. 
Um, what what's happening in the Atlantic is we we all know about the the currents circling the Atlantic and and the sailors using them repetitively once they figured that out. Well, it, there there is something going on in the Mid Atlantic, east of Florida, southeast of Florida. Something is spinning off all these these uh, uh, weather systems. There is some change in the environment. I actually would take a, a really put my head on the block and suggest that all of the effluents being emitted by the exhaust systems of the uh, um, the space shuttle flights has, might have actually some direct effect there. We're emitting an awful lot of pollutants into our upper atmosphere at a horrendous rate. Mm-hmm. And um, so that would lead to, they, they say, a very large amount of uh, ozone depletion in the area, thus a whole lot more of uh, the ultraviolet radiation getting through and, and warming the ocean, which is the source of the, the heat we're talking about in that instance. But also, Gordon said, mentioned something about Mount Pele in the Caribbean erupting or thereabouts, and That's we right. have a volcano that has never before been known to erupt, which is the island adjacent to Martinique. It's and, true. And, 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 and so we have essentially given this, this concept of, a, of an underlying change. Uh, magma is, is, is what we know about as lava on the surface of the earth is a process of the Earth cooling. Over time, the Earth is any other satellite in space. It's in a very cold environment by itself. It has no source of renewable energy, and it is cooling. Um, any disruption in that, in that whole process will, will um, possibly open up the seams, if you will. And so I, I, t- I, I come at the idea of your quickening from another, another vantage point, but I think we're verging on the same thing. I think it's now is the time that we are essentially evened out, if you will. <laughs> That's what worries me. Everybody coming at it from all these different points of view and reaching the same rough conclusions. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian. Uh, I don't want to say Weasel. <laughs> Wiesel. Uh, Wiesel, thank you. Uh, Dorian Wiesel on the Big Island of Hawaii. Hello? Gee, all that work and all that introduction, and nobody's there. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian. Hello. Hi. Hi. Where are you? Hello. Uh, I'm in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, we've got a question. Okay. How much of the changings of the volcanoes or the hurricanes of the different elements going, how much of it can be, uh, I feel, can be uh, contributed to the space program because every time they send something up there, <laughs> we have a disaster someplace with hurricanes or with too much rain or with uh, flooding or whatever. Okay, well, that's kind of what he just touched on. Uh, Dorian, uh, you want to underscore it again? You think the space shuttle might have something to well, of course. Well, what, the main the main component of ozone depletion is is chlorine, and it's a main it's a main component of the exhaust of the solid rocket boosters of the space shuttle. The uh, there have been many groups outside of the United States who have begged our government through the auspices of the United Nations to stop the space shuttle program until we figure out another um, fuel. I thought it was I thought it was supposed to be CFCs from uh, coolant. Yes, but those, 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 what, what, real, what I understand to happen is those, what you refer to as CFCs, migrate from the surface of the Earth right. through the ozone layer. They're very light. They go above the ozone layer and they are pounded, by, they are assaulted by 
excessive ultraviolet radiation that's on the other side of the ozone layer, and they are altered and turned to chlorine and become heavy and fall back down through the ozone layer, and at that time they do the damage that they do. And um, so most of the human of our behavior that is, is affecting that process is, 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 is released here and takes a long time to migrate up to do the damage, whereas the current space shuttle program is, is, is releasing these particles at, the, so at that point. Fascinating. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Oh, I'm in shock. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Where are you? Aloha from Kauai. This is Melani. Melani. Aloha, sister. Gee, from... It, it's very interesting that I have to hook up with somebody uh, <laughs> from the big island by satellite. Yeah, is that wild? <laughs> it is. It is. And I am a, uh, a native Hawaiian here with ancestral roots back to, so far traced to the 1600s. In other words, some of your relatives may have been uh, tossed into Dorian's volcano. Yes, huh. and I'm very impressed with uh, his intellect, and I, I sense he has also, I don't know how long you've been on the island, but I sense you have a, a, a cultural feeling as well, which uh, adapts to your philosophy with what you're saying. It's it's such a connection with Michael, uh, Gordon, Gordon Michael Scallion, and, and uh, yourself, and you folks come from the complete opposite perspective. And I, I really am proud of hearing somebody like you on our island. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, that, that was very nice. Um, that's a lot of miles for, uh, to get from Kauai to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. And, Dorian, here comes a, another call. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, my name is Greg. I'm calling from Minneapolis. Hi, Greg. I'd like to ask uh, actually several different things, uh, but they relate to a seven-planet conjunction that begins on November 22nd and would actually run through Thanksgiving Day as well. Are seismologists looking at this as possibly a key trigger? I don't know of any that are. No. I don't know of any that that cross over in such a, a dramatic way in, in the disciplines that they study. And don't forget the 12 planet conjunction coming up after 2000. So, um, no, they generally don't, sir. What what is your next question? Well, I guess I, I was wondering with regard to that. Um, uh, astrologers are kind of looking at this as the uh, uh, possibly the cause of a major shift in human consciousness. And I guess that uh, if some of these events did start to occur, we would certainly see a major shift in human consciousness. If we had to care for each other instead of care for our own desires, we would call that a major shift in consciousness here. Huh. And if we had a, na a number of, of disruptions in our uh, current economic system where we became more isolated and we became more confronted by our own survival, we would love each other. Or kill each other, but get over with it. And right now, all all that we do is just to what's the worth of sitting around watching TV for the rest of our lives, and especially when we don't love our neighbors. <laughs> so again, uh, you do expect these Earth changes, don't you? And you expect they will produce ultimately some sort of 
some sort of change, positive or negative. We'll get back to Dorian in just a second and ask him about exactly that. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. The drums are going tonight She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12 at night The moon that brings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation I stopped an old man along the way Hoping to find some old forgotten words Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. From the big island of Hawaii, not a quarter mile from the crater at Kilauea, my guest is Dorian Wiesel. And oh, the things he's saying, the things that sort of provide an underscore to those things Gordon Michael Scallion is saying. A different approach, but I'm sorry to say, the same conclusion. And uh, in a way, uh, well, I'll hold this for a second. Now, I'm recalling a movie. Uh, in you remember that? Uh, you remember that movie where uh, the guy rode the atomic bomb down at the last moment, going Yahoo with his hat. You remember that? How I. How I learned to stop, uh, let's see, how I stopped wearing and uh, learned to love the bomb. Uh, that's our Dorian right up there, um, right up there near the uh, the very peak of uh, uh, the volcano. Uh, how about that, Dorian? I mean, is there a little bit of that? In other words, when it happens, there are people who said if there's going to be a nuclear holocaust or war, why I'm going to run out and I'm going to just watch that sucker come down, open my arms and say, baby, take me. Well, it's going to take you anyways. Might as well have fun. <laughs> I had a feeling that might be about right. I've got a fax here, several of them. Let's go through these quickly. Um, Art, 
French testing. Boom, and it shows a nuclear cloud here. says, for every action, there will always be an opposite and equal reaction. Something beautiful is about to happen. What do you think put the cord of the Earth off-center? Something beautiful is about to happen. From Douglas, uh, a ham radio operator, as a matter of fact. Uh, what about the French testing? You folks in Hawaii, uh, I know, are concerned. Oh, absolutely! It's it's they're they're defacing uh, part of our ocean. I mean, part of the the earth. But um, I don't I don't really have any idea about the impacts. I mean, we've been blowing off bombs here for quite a long time. <laughs> to be frank. You know, so, what's another bomb compared to what Mother Earth can do, huh? Oh, well, I actually think we we give ourselves a lot of significance in that Mother Earth picture, which we really don't deserve. We are living here as part of a biological experience that's sort of a transient thing that. It, 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 it's amazing that it keeps coming back, but the Earth is trying to freeze, and and the, the biology, the atmosphere, has created a stability. But um, realistically, we know that it goes away, and then it regrows and becomes stable again. But the Earth's entire long-term, you know, um, direction is towards colder and colder and colder. Um, All right, let, let me stop you there and go to the wild card line. You're on the air with Dorian Weisel. Hi. Aloha, this is Mark from Honolulu. Hello, oh, boy. Dorian. Aloha. Huh. Hey, uh, I'd like to know if uh, what I would call a maximum major magnum shift would be enough to loose California back into the ocean. And if that happens, what would be the movement in the Hawaiian Islands? And should we just get our surfboards ready to ride the big one all the way to the, to the coast of China? Or, or Nevada. <laughs> yeah, uh, it depends which way those those waves come from. But we are in a very, very um, volatile um, environment relative to the ocean just leaping up and slapping us around. Even in our own selves here, we have the islands fall apart catastrophically when they do give up, and um, you know have like we we have evidence of uh, tidal waves that have washed up onto uh, Molokai at up to twelve hundred, fifteen hundred feet in elevation from. Uh, catastrophic collapses of the Big Island in the last hundred thousand years, um, but as far as uh, the the idea of California falling into the water, I think you might consider that the water is going to come up a considerable amount as well as these changes relative to the geologic structure, the breaking off of. But at the same time, we have this other phenomenon that's occurring right now, and it is very very dramatic, and that is that the ice shelves in, in the Antarctic are breaking off. The Larsen ice shelf is breaking it's up. True, it's true. I, I tell you it's true. I saw an Associated Press article that backs up true. exactly what you just said. They're, uh, they're equating the amount of ice that's now free-floating into many tens of feet in ocean sea level rise. And we're not talking about something that happens after we all die. We're talking about something that's happening in a very short period of time, and this is just scientific fact. Go on the net. There's an amazing amount of information on, on, on Antarctica on the net, and it, 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 they're scared. We're talking about... No, you're absolutely right. Dorian, I want to tell you something. Uh, th a caller from Honolulu, anything else? I'd just like to ask him what he thinks, uh, if, if in the sense that uh, the Earth has its own consciousness, 
what do you think that it's trying to tell us at this time? Because, like you said, we're not here forever as a species. All right. Um, well, that's uh, almost uh, something Robert Morning Sky or somebody yeah, ought to answer. I, I uh, but I do believe our Earth could sort of flick us off uh, um, like a horse would flick a fly off the back of its rear end when it got annoyed, if it so chose. Absolutely. Now, uh, I fragile situation. I want to. What I want to do with you, Dorian, is go back to what you were saying about Antarctica. I had an article, a rather extensive one, Associated Press article, in which they were quoting a couple of scientists. Um, who had the holy you-know-what scared out of them. Um, one of them exclaimed, my God, look at the crack, and they were talking about this giant crack through... Uh, did you read any of that? 80 kilometers long. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the shelf broke off. That was before it broke off. It's gone. It's a, it's a floating iceberg, and it's melting. And, and uh, I, have, I have recently read uh, scientific accounts of what just without the mankind part of this, what we know about we cycles of the freezing and the releasing it back into water of water. And, and it's now understood that when the water releases, let's say the earth is warming, we, we, we understand that it, generically we are warming a very small amount all mm -hmm. the time. And as that's happening, we are coming out of an ice age, and there's, there's something like 300 feet of ocean level fluctuation between ice age and thawing and ice age and thawing and we've only released about a hundred feet of that three hundred feet as we're coming out of the ice age that we're coming out of thus we are destined to have something like two hundred feet of ocean rise without all these other discussions just forget the other ones wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, wait, uh, let me uh, get this straight uh, hold it Dorian let okay. me get it straight two hundred feet of ocean rise yes 200 feet. It is just built into the plant. Not in your lifetime necessarily, but built into the plant. But scientists now say when they look at what is the mechanism that releases that water, how fast does it happen, they're saying, wow, we, we, we see evidence of 100 foot, 200 foot changes in sea level in five years. And when the scientists that have came out with their, 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 their thoughts, their theories about um, the ozone depletion, what was made 75, somewhere in that region, yeah. they said, if our theories are correct, the very first real, tangible, absolute sign we will see is when the ice shelves in Antarctica start to break up. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wiesel. Hi. Yes, uh, this is Dorothy from Puyallup, KVI um, Como country. Hi, Dorothy. Yes, hi. <laughs> this is so exciting, I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> I wanted to say three things. At first, my husband purchased a VW that had uh, been through the quake at Yellowstone. He drove it to Alaska, and a building fell on it during the Alaska <laughs> quake. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then I saw in the paper about 10, 12 years ago a diagonal line that they had discovered by cat, um, satellite from uh, Missouri to Spokane. And then um, the final thing is, does he have any history on Popocatapella? Oh, you can pronounce it. Cool. They wrote a song about it when I was a little girl. I see. Um, well, there is recent information on it, and it's a thing. One of the things Scallion's following. Uh, what do you know about it, Dorian? Anything? I know nothing. Nothing. It's all, it's all news to me. What I know about it, or what I remember about it, it was that a, I think, it was a Mexican was uh, uh, tilling his potato patch, 
and a crack appeared in the earth, and smoke began spewing out of it, and this became a volcano, and later they wrote a song about it, Popa Caterpillar. I do believe that's the way it was created, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, now, I recall that story as well. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, Scallion apparently is watching, and as you know, Dorian, I think they've had some pretty big quakes down on the coast of Mexico. I believe they had me uh, quakes straddling both the eastern and western side of Mexico. I, I would, uh, I, the, when we started this conversation, you read um, um, Gordon's uh, most recent uh, release, and I would concur. Uh, there is something very dramatic in a large area happening under Mexico. Um, this is an incredibly volcanic a area. I mean, what is Mexico City built in other than a volcanic caldera? Um, it, it's destined to blow up. It's insanity that it's there, okay? Um, it's a volcano. <laughs> and the Earth is venting heat. The Earth is a cooling object, and it has to release heat somehow. And that's what volcanoes are. They're simple. And it's just this incredible acceleration in the human population that makes it even a significant issue. All right. Well, the phones are burning up, so let's go back to them. Wild card line, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, turn, I, uh, your, turn your radio off, sir. Yeah, hey, I would just read this off. That's um, good. And tell us where you are. Anchorage. Anchorage, Alaska. Yes, sir. All right. A uh, couple of uh, things that you were talking about, uh, Dorian was talking about, uh, uh, go against what I learned. Uh, okay. Uh, and I was wondering if the, this, you know, was something that has changed since I went to school. All right. Well, go ahead. What? If, uh, first of all is uh, uh, his uh, the theory of uniformity. Uh, do they no longer consider that? Because uh, and the metallic core. Uh, Velikovsky proposed uh, the antithesis of uniformity as uh, catastrophism or something like that. And I was wondering if Dorian uh, knew what they were teaching these days. I don't, I'm not familiar with the theory of uniformity. Nor am I. So I wouldn't know how to respond to it. I, well, I understand what, I, what I'm talking about. Let's ask, this, let's ask the caller what, what it is. He learned yeah. it in school, so you tell us, sir, what is the theory of uniformity? Uh, theory of uh, uniformity is a geologic theory that states that uh, processes that form the Earth are basically the processes that we see uh, in action uh, today. All right, well, I think, yeah, in the sense that Dorian and Gordon and others believe that something uniformly has occurred in the shifting of the core and then with it the shifting of the magma, uniformity in that sense, would you agree, Dorian? Yeah, but, but I, I believe that the whole system is one system, so it acts in, in some sense, but I, I wouldn't go attributing our, in, our interpretation of the way it acts as, as necessarily the right thing. So if it doesn't fit uniformly in our interpretation, that doesn't mean it's, it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's happening. We're just here watching. It's we just, true. We, we, we're just, I mean, I mean, I, I one of my books, Call up, uh, Aloha O Kalapana, is about a town being destroyed, the town of Kalapana, and I walk through three months of lava slowly creeping from one end of a town to another, and when it was done, the entire town was gone, and all the beach was gone, and it was just a barren landscape. Yep. The the whole process 
was agonizing to every single individual who was involved in it with their homes being destroyed, etc. And the, 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 my take on it was they came and la- lived on a volcano. Well, um, so do you. I mean, where is this thing? You came to I, I did see it. with they a volatile showed... volcano, and the mountain came and did its dance with you. I personally believe that those people were blessed by being able to have a, a personal interaction with nature that most of us don't get a chance. Most of us are raised in city yes. environments where it... we're taught to be observers Yes, of but nature. Dorian, a little while ago you said... It's insanity that the people in Mexico City are where they are, that it is a... It is is their choice. And so if we tell everyone in Southern California every which way that we can that that place is a rock and roll geologic haven, and then they say, why God, but they just turn around and go back to life, it's... It, that to me is what I refer to as the insanity. Uh, a guy who says, but, I, mean, I live here and if it takes my home, if it takes my life, if it takes my invested energy, and I accept that dance, then let him do whatever he wants. And that would be you? I, I live like that, yes. All right. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell on the big island of Hawaii. Hello, Dorian. Hi. Wonderful program tonight. Um, Popo Catepito is 17,000-foot volcano in Mexico. And My callers are showing off, and I don't like it. The, it's, uh, it's the volcano art where they've yeah, been know, seeing the major UFO flap yeah, I know. around I know. this volcano. I know. I, I don't want to add that. And one more thing. Yes. Uh, we shouldn't pay the USGS if they're not going to tell us. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Well, um, those angelic people at USGS. <laughs> I love it. Um. I, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about that? In other words, they're doing a job. They are being paid by the taxpayers. If they know something, um, in fact, they're being paid to keep it secret. No, I, I, I honestly think, and I'll, I'll refer back to the experience that I went through with the destruction of the town of Kalapana. There is a understood by people who deal in at a very high level of human control and behavior, uh, you know, consider a civil defense administrator who has to cope with the infrastructure and all the police departments and, this and, and arrange all that. There is a, a set of uh, uh, steps to take that are dictated mostly by our court system, more than anything else, by the lawyers. And that, that perverts it. I, I'm sorry to say, I would not hold the people who behave according to our social structure in that sense, in that capacity, as professionals, in a sense, responsible. Or put another way, the next large earthquake or a volcanic explosion could be Johnny Cochran's fault. Yeah. I got you. All right, Dorian, stay right where you are. We'll be right back. This is Art Bell and Malachi Martin. And if you own one and want the other, subscribe to the After Dark magazine and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set and give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a month for one year. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 That's one 727 5505 or go online at coasttocoastam.com. 
Here's what you missed on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. I believe we've been visited. I believe there are extraterrestrials in this universe. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in out-of-body experiences. I believe in ghosts. I believe in a lot of this. But I also don't believe the frauds and the hucksters. And I guess my pledge is that I'm not going to stop trying to get to the truth. Even though we may have some fun along the line, I'm going to distinguish the difference between fun and serious. Now we take you back to the night of November 6th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. All right, I now have several choices for Dorian. Dorian, uh, we're near the top of the hour. If you'll stay, I'll let you. Sure. You will, huh? Yeah, All right, uh, that's choice one, uh, so we're going to keep you. Choice two is... I have a good fax here for you and a bad fax here for you. Throw them either way you want. Uh, no, no, I'm leaving the show. I'll take you, the bad one. You want the bad one. All sure. right. Uh, dear Art, Dorian is full of crap. He, <laughs> wait, wait now. He is hardly one to talk about man never learning. He's the one living on the volcano. Second, second, maybe he's not happy watching all the sadness in the world on TV. That's hardly a reason to welcome devastating earth changes. Get a life. But it is from somebody named Steve. <laughs> I listen to your show enough to know that one. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, Steve. Thanks for the fact. Uh, what is your general response? I mean, my general response is I I appreciate the quality of my life as opposed to the quantity of my life. All right. Uh, and then this. Uh, hi, Art. Great show as always. I live in Medford, Oregon. Listen on the mighty KOPE, of course. A short while ago, your guest mentioned something about Magna being on the move in the southern Oregon area, and that was rather unusual. A year or two ago, we had a couple of pretty good-sized earthquakes, which were centered in the Klamath Falls area, about 60 miles east of here. Needless to say, since we're not exactly a hot spot of earthquake activity, it really shook people up, no pun intended. Would you please ask your guest to go into a little more detail about the goings-on in our neck of the woods? Um, all I can say is in, in uh, preparation and talking to friends today to be, um, before this, it was mentioned that there continues to be in that aftershock sequence from those earthquakes evidence that could be interpreted as magmatic movement as opposed to rigid rock moving. And, and In other words, there's unusual seismicity associated with the aftershock sequence that is baffling to scientist and one of the theories that they're applying to to study that is that they it's actually magma moving it, where there is there there's no reason why you know precedent there's no precedent showing magma in the See, area. See, that bothers me because my network uh, is in Medford, Oregon. Yeah, I know. That's the area you're talking about there, right? Well, you you have to understand you you live in the in, in the Cascade Range that your network is in the Cascade Range essentially, it's lower part of it, but it's still the Cascade Range, and what 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 drives that? All is, right, look, we're at the we're, we're at the top of the hour. I think okay. I get the picture. So today, we'll be back with Dorian next hour. Stay right where you are. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks tonight. An encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November sixth, nineteen ninety five.
Networks presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired November 6, 1995. Then I'll tell you what, if you've got a fax machine, you can fax me a question for Dorian Wassell while he's still there on the edge of the crater on the Big Island of Hawaii. He is our guest. He is, he is right there, and he has come to terms with it. Doesn't mind being there. So um, before you criticize him, for talking about the insanity of other people living in areas that um, seem explosive, possibly explosive, with the coming Earth changes, understand that he has come to terms um, in sort of the way that the fellow rode the atomic bomb down and uh, came to terms, that sort of thing. That was fail-safe. I think that was... Dorian, wasn't that fail-safe? I have no idea. I don't watch movies. You don't watch movies? I don't have a TV, even. Oh, really? Yep. Gee, you would think with the kind of altitude up there, you'd be able to get some pretty good uh, reception. Yeah, I just would rather not watch TV. <laughs> I see. Well, uh, that way you'll hear it when it begins. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi, Art. Yes, hello. Yeah, that movie was Dr. Strangelove. Thank you. Um, I've ordered your book. I still don't have it, but I ordered it over a month ago. Right. Well, you'll be getting it shortly, sir. Okay, do, you, do you have I a question for our guest? Yes, uh, Dorian. Yes. Uh, you went to the Big Island in 1979 as yes. a carpenter. Yep. And uh, then you became a photographer. Well, what happened was in 1983, Kilauea began to erupt, and that eruption has continued to this day. And uh, the type of person I am, I could not imagine why anyone would go to work while this eruption was going on over <laughs> their shoulder. Okay, but then did you get involved with tectonic? I, what, what I have done is I began by volunteering for the U.S. Geological Survey and offering my time and worked two days a week for a number of years They're in the their offices and the in the field yeah. and gained a considerable education by endlessly bugging them. Why? <laughs> and uh, I, I, I would recommend anyone who wants to educate themselves to go volunteer for the active participation in, you know, in what okay, really happened. Now, what, what background do you really have in tectonics? I have no background. I have See, no this education. See, I've never heard this scallion because I'm in St. Louis, and somehow I've never heard any of these interviews with this scallion. He sounds like a modern-day Nostradamus. Well, he is. Uh, all right, yep. sir. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, that's what I would... Uh, actually, the modern-day Ed Edgar Casey would be a little closer to it for my taste, but yeah. Yep. Um, all right, uh, first-time caller line. You're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi, this is Jude from Santa Barbara. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say I'm enjoying the show very much. Thank you. And I plan to visit the Big Island very soon. And I was recently given a gift of one of your books, Fire on the Mountain, and it's beautiful. Thank you. And your company, uh, Volcanic Volcanic Resources yeah. in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to get the other book, Kilauea, The Newest Land on Earth, and I can't get it. Well, I, I might suggest that what you would want to do is contact it, my distributor for that book, which is Island Heritage in Hawaii, and they actually have a 1-800 number. Yeah, yeah I, I guess so. You, it sounds like you began in in your field the way I began in mine. I went down to a radio station, just hung around bug them until they finally said, hey, kid, come here. You were in love, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's the only way to begin anything. <laughs> by inspiration. <laughs> it's true, and it sounds that uh, like that's the way you began as well. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds like you're very much in tune with it. In other words, comfortable, I guess, is the word, with what you believe is going to occur. Absolutely. I don't think there's any way to enter life other than that. I mean, to enter life with fear or anything, and we know this is happening. I mean, how many signs do we have to have written on the highway? I know. I, I kind of believe that, too, and I'm just I'm an old person, and I, but I feel it. I feel it. The hair is on the back of my neck. Every part of my being is telling me uh, Mother Earth is getting ready to do something or another. Okay, uh, so I, I personally am one that believes that um, all is okay. It's like there's some sense of perfection, even though I can't see it. So I guess you might call that faith. I have faith in perfection, even though I can't achieve a vision of it myself and around me. So I spoke of agony. I spoke of hurt. I spoke of, of all sorts of things I see. And somehow I sense that there is, I have this faith that there's a way out of this. There's a, there's a gift in this, as you said some other person might have observed. Um, there's, my, there's a gift in this. My network person who was in Medford during the break, I talked to him, and he said... Uh, Magma boldly going where no magma has gone before. <laughs> there you go. And that that the seems. Title for the show. Now, yeah, is that going? Is that nationwide? Uh, excuse me, worldwide. In other words, are there enough signs worldwide to basically say this, or there is a commonality that there has been a shift? Uh, is that a safe? Scientific assumption. A safe scientific thing to say would be there, there, there's obviously an increase in the tectonic um, aspects of the Earth. Right. And, and, and um, tectonics and, and volcanism are one and the same, realistically. All right. It's like and, who and, follows who, the horse or the cart. And once again, uh, for the, those who joined us late, uh, you do work with USGS. I work as with an them. associate. Right. I, I, and, or, no, the point I'm trying to get to here is okay. that you originally listened to my program, heard GMS, Gordon Michael Scallion, heard what he said, allowed, no doubt, the scientists to hear it. They said, ah, baloney, went away, came back about a week later, and said, basically, I'll let it's you. It's feasible. It's feasible. Yeah. In other words, Gordon's not so far off the mark as to be talking about something that could not happen. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Loisel. Hi. Hello, Art Bell? Yes. I'm Bill from LaGrand, Oregon. Hi, Bill. Hi. Uh, Mr. Loisel was mentioning about the Cascades in southern Oregon. Uh, Correct. Some trouble there. Yes. Uh, what's his opinion about northeastern Oregon near the uh, Washington-Oregon border? If you get volcanism, run for your life because what that area is is a floodplain of basalt. And if anyone's ever heard of a flood, uh, a basalt flood, this is something that we know of happening in Iceland where we'll have like a 100-mile-long fissure that will just pump out massive amounts of magma. And we actually have one of those, uh, those environments in the United States, which is eastern um, or, or Washington, actually. Were you talking about Oregon? Yes, Oregon, northeastern okay, uh, Oregon. I, I actually don't know, understand the backside of the Cascades and how that tapers off. I, yeah. I do. I, it, you'll, you'll note that I drew on on those mountains and the mountain ranges a lot in my book on Fire on the Mountain. That I, I really make an analogy between the Hawaiian volcanism and the Cascade Range. Yeah. And, and, but it really is centered around the idea that you have a plate coming in 
from under the Pacific and going inland so far, but under the crust of the of the continent, and then melting and then rising to the surface. So the story sort of ends at the volcanoes and doesn't really go east. But what we are happening, what is happening in the continent as a whole, is that between the center of the continent and all the way through all of uh, you know, like from the Utah and such, all those mountains coming into Nevada. So if you looked at a large map of the country, you would see a whole bunch of strikes in the earth, a bunch of ridges and valleys that run north and south. And that essentially is that entire stretch of real estate stretching and creating these ridges and valleys by ripping itself apart as it's migrating west, whereas the land back in the eastern part of the country is not migrating at the same rate. So the earth is being ripped apart. And in the, you huh. said, in the, in the uh, further east in, in Yellowstone area, there's a hot spot, like Hawaii is over a hot spot. There's a hot spot under Yellowstone. So there's a force of uh, magmatic intrusion there that's helped pushing in and helping, you know, it permeates through those breaks in the earth. All right, I, I want to ask a question, and it is, if, uh, if there would be a safe area to go to, assuming that somebody wanted to believe all this might occur, and they wanted to go away and run away to a safe place, where would be a safe place? What did Michael say? Or Gordon say? I'm he said in... Hawaii. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah, he well... said that it was relatively going to be mellow, we'll have an increase in volcanism, and the ocean's going to come up and slap our low-lying areas. I live at 4,000 feet. <laughs> On Kilauea. So, so really, you may be in, a, in one of the safer places. Yeah. Well, now, wait a minute now. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 yeah, that's right. A little while ago, you seemed to be, in effect, embracing the possibility that Kilauea will spit you out like... Uh... Kilauea will erupt, and will erupt in different forms. And Mauna Loa, which is also adjacent to me right out my window, which is the largest landform on our planet, um, will erupt and, and has erupted in recent past. And the type of eruptions here are... Um, such that I, I, they're not—they're not like you blow the whole mountain up. They right. they really—they really are um, more contained. In well, maybe area. so, but I, I too watched the news of that town disappear as the lava went through it. Yes. So nobody got hurt during that. Well, no, because it was going slow enough that people got out of the way. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, the town that was there is now gone. Gone. Hundred feet of rock on top of it. Hundred feet. Yes. A hundred feet of yes. rock. And the, and the land, of that town was on, at seashore, and there's about a quarter mile of new real estate you know, to the edge of the island. There. Are they developing it yet? No, until the eruption completely <laughs> stops, they won't let anything happen there. They won't let anyone go back and really work in it. And, you know, the Hawaiian people who understand this, you know, the town was built on a lava flow that was 750 years old, but the Hawaiian people have lived here for 2,000 years there on that land and they understand the idea of moving aside and moving back they they didn't have private land ownership it's only now with private land ownership here that it creates havoc to the individual because the community doesn't just absorb you you have to go find something else well maybe the developers uh, are secretly i mean hawaiian land is very valuable maybe yep. maybe the de developers are secretly trying to encourage an eruption <laughs> so, so they can get more land to develop. Yeah. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wiesel. Hi. Hey, you doing, Art? This is uh, Tony coming from Pueblo. Pueblo, Colorado. Hi, Tony. Uh, how you doing? Okay. Uh, just a question for you. I'm kind of slow on uh, volcanism. Yeah, me too. Uh, 
I was curious is uh, how they are formed. Uh, volcanoes is any mountain uh, capable of becoming a volcano? Yeah, or that's, is a per- it just- that's a good question. Really, it it is a good question. Uh, could a volcano, uh, Dorian, um, begin to form? Anywhere, literally, is any mountain uh, suspect of becoming a volcano, or is a volcano just as likely to erupt on the old flat ground somewhere? No, volcanoes are associated with with some access through the crust of the earth for that hot material to vent. Um, so you have to have something that that is 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 conducive or not. Uh, an area like the Himalayas would not be. Uh, they're caused by the compression of the. Uh, Asian continent, whereas as, uh, India, uh, oh. the subcontinent of India, rammed into the continent and, and, and pushed that rock together. So you can imagine a very dense material that's very thick um, as it's been compressed and piled up and compressed, whereas Hawaii is in the middle of the Pacific Ocean where the crust is very thin under a big load of the ocean and, and stretched very thin. So you have, we have the ability for the magma to come out through the crust here. It, 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 it's got a, a path of least resistance um, um, part of the equation involved. All right, Dorian, hold on. We'll be right back to you. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. free Art Bell interview with the late Father Malachi Martin, and we're still getting calls about it. So for a limited time, we're offering both of the previous interviews with Malachi Martin, both of them together free. If you own one and want the other, simply subscribe to our After Dark magazine, and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set. You can give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a year, and you'll receive a full-color magazine chock full of great reading. And this month, read about parallel universes, real-life mermaids, emerging viruses, and so much more. It's all in After Dark. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 That's 1-888-727-5505. Get the 12 monthly issues and the two free CDs you just pay shipping and handling. Subscribe online as well at coasttocoastam.com. If you happen to hear something on the show last night or last week, did you know that all the guest information and show information is available online at www.coasttocoastam.com? The Webmaster Lex has posted everything right down to the bumper music. Now also on the website is a service called Streamlink for about 15 cents a day. You can have access to live streaming audio no matter where you are, as long as you're close to a computer, as well as archive shows from the last 90 days. You can hear the show on your computer anytime you wish. Plus, you'll have access to George Norrie's Tuesday Night Chats, get the inside story on the show, and the inside story on what's going on on Coast to Coast. Just log on to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Now you can hear Coast to Coast AM on demand. You'll be glad you did. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Give me an overview of your perception of the occult. 
we know that so much of real important information has been hidden purposely because the people in power always consider that kind of knowledge on a need-to-know basis and you don't need to know all you need to do is do what you've always done just watch the ball games and be entertained and watch television you don't need to do any thinking and start questioning the powers that be they don't want us to know no America has been purposely dumbed down and kept ignorant because that just leaves the people at the top a lot of free room to do anything they want. I think that we have some extraordinarily powerful people who are not interested in money or power. They are after our very souls, period. Now we take you back to the night of November 6th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Back now to Dorian Wassell. We've got just a few moments for the bottom of the hour. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian. Good morning. Uh, hi there. I just had a couple quick things. All right, where are you? Uh, uh, really good. No, where? Oh, where am I? Peoria, yes. Illinois. Oh, all right. We're glad uh, you're really good. <laughs> the uh, the movie is Doctor Strange Love right. or How I Learned to Love the Bomb. That's right. That's <laughs> and, right. And that's uh, how I'm thinking uh, of Dorian. About. Uh, first of all, uh, one big thing, a lot of people, I mean, when you stop and think of the changes that you guys are talking about, and I really believe that it's going to happen, it's uh, one thing for it to happen over the course of a year. It's quite another thing for a lot of people get terrified at the, at the aspect of it happening all in one day, mm. especially people who live on the New Madrid Fault. And well, they got, a, they got a pretty good history of having that. pretty catastrophic stuff happening in one day. Uh, generally, it does happen in one day, doesn't it? Uh, in other words, uh, what, what can you tell us, Dorian, about the New Madrid? Uh, is there likely to be activity there in conjunction with these larger changes? Um, it, uh, it, uh, going back to the idea that this is all one system, yes. Yes. Absolutely. You can, I, I mean, it, again, uh, the other notion is our perception of the, of the situation and and I, I really would uh, caution anybody to be too much in belief of their own way of seeing it. So, uh, in other words, we can't encompass it all. All right, sir. So put another way, it may play in Peoria. You bet. <laughs> well, I was just wondering how catastrophic it could be as compared to the coast. Well, didn't the Mississippi run backwards for a while last time around? Yes. yes okay, yes. I, I got another one for you. If, 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 if some information came to you and you said, this is good part of it, and you wanted to say that's bad part of it, would you really be able to hang your, your hat on, the, on your belief in the good part of it? I mean, if, um, uh, it's like take everything Gordon is saying. Well, I'm, right now, though, I'm taking what you're saying. <laughs> okay, and well, uh, to you, what is the good part of it? Uh, the, uh, the, the idea that, that we actually have, uh, um, some specialness about our beings that goes beyond our mortal lifetime. Uh-huh. So in other words, the good part of it is, uh, we are not limited to our physical bodies. See, I, I, I think of it a very different way. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back. I think. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from November 6th, 1995.
Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from November 6, 1995. When I first heard him, I thought Dorian was a kind of a spiritual kind of, I've learned to love the bomb kind of guy who realized he'd be the first to go. But as I listen more to Dorian, I've come to realize that he actually thinks he's in a safe place, a quarter mile from Kilauea's crater. That's where he is, quarter mile from Kilauea's crater on the big island of Hawaii. So, um, so I don't know that he's uh, what I first thought he was. I think actually he thinks he's in a safe place. Maybe he is. What do I know? Is of Art Bell and Malachi Martin. If you own one and want the other, subscribe to the After Dark magazine and you'll get both CDs free with your subscription. Keep one to complete your set and give the other away for Christmas. Just subscribe to After Dark for only $39.95 a month for one year. Call now. The lines are open at one 727 5505 That's one 727 5505 or go online at coasttocoastam.com. Here's what you missed on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. I believe we've been visited. I believe there are extraterrestrials in this universe. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in out-of-body experiences. I believe in ghosts. I believe in a lot of this. But I also don't believe the frauds and the hucksters. And I guess my pledge is that I'm not going to stop trying to get to the truth. Even though we may have some fun along the line, I'm going to distinguish the difference between fun and serious. Now we take you back to the night of November 6th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. So did you hear me rapping on you there, Dorian? Oh, yeah. Now, in other words, to me, at first, you sounded really like the kind of guy who is at peace with himself and his volcano and lives there and expects to be at the center of the first catastrophic moment in Earth change lingo. 
But then as time went on, I realized you're really saying, uh-uh, this is one of the safer places yep. to be. So that accounts for your lighthearted attitude. Now, here is a question for you. What's happening in the Seattle Northwest area, Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, and the rest? Where are we on the activity list, and where are we in relationship to the break-off point of the continent? I actually have no idea. I, 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 all, I, all I really can say is that the acceleration in activity is real, not that I can, I can draw conclusions uh, the, uh, to where it all goes. Um, uh, a bit about Ra Ra Mount Rainier in Seattle. You understand that Seattle is built on very recent lahars, and lahars are mud and ash to, um, flows right. that come off the side of steep, sloped um, volcanoes. They don't have to be generated by an actual volcanic activity. It can just be the release of a slope, uh, upper portion of a volcano that comes down a valley. And the entire Seattle area is built on areas that it's understood that this activity will happen repetitively too. Mm -hmm. Another example of of uh, you know of man cr um, becoming very 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 populated in, in a hazardous area. It's not so much that that area has such a blatant you know uh, scarred earth that man would see it over and over again. But if you go back, I mean you know the Indians knew about all these volcanoes erupting. It's it's not um, unusual, it's ongoing occurrence. Mm -hmm. Um. Would you folks there in Hawaii, should Kilauea begin to get too active for your comfort, uh, would you consider tossing in virgins? <laughs> Myself, no. No? I, I, I imagine that all sorts of people would consider all sorts of things. They, a lot of people take it personally, so uh, they get themselves personally involved. But, um, but realistically, you know, this is probably one of the most monitored volcanoes in the world, and um, there are potential for very, very, very large changes, and a lot of the places on this volcano that those changes are expected to occur are, are have large amounts of, of community-type development, as well as uh, we have a geothermal development that was put into right down the middle of our most active rift zone on the island, and the activity currently is maybe 10 miles away, but up rift, and the long-term historic record says that the, the 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 vents migrate over time down rift and i mean these people the government still has allowed us to become dependent upon electricity that's generated from that environment so in other words with regard then to uh virgins you are in favor of uh retention of our national resources oh absolutely uh there were recently um while i make light of it a couple of um mummified virgins uh, found at uh, the, uh, near the crater of a volcano. Wow. Um, had you heard about that? No. Uh -huh. Well, they certainly at one time did that. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi, Art. This is uh, Rick in Portland. Okay, Rick, you're going to have to speak up good and loud. Okay. How's that? Better. Uh, hi, Dorian. Hi. I'm... I'm here in Portland, sitting just a few tens of feet above sea level, uh -huh. while you're comfortably at 4,000 feet. You got it. <laughs> uh, with the melting icebergs. Yep. From a little while back. Yep. Now, um, actually, with the melting icebergs, that doesn't cause concern to me here at a few tens of feet above sea level, as the 
as the icebergs melt, that's not going to change sea level. They're already displacing the mass of water equal to their weight. Yeah, I, I, I tried to think that out. And, I, you know, what is it, 40 to 1 or something what we're talking about is above, below water level and above. And, and I, all I could come up with was these numbers that these people are talking about have to equate to that above sea level issue. And But I still haven't thought it out entirely. There is, if for those who, who at the same time want to conjure this up and think about it and, and justify it with scientific data, um, you know, uh, I, I really suggest going on the net because because there's an awful lot of stuff out there about that that is just people's published material, et cetera, rather than my my off the wall thoughts. But is for those who want to follow this and maybe find another puzzle to what they've been exposed to through Gordon, uh, I would suggest that there's a man named Hank Wesselman who wrote a book called Spirit Walker that is just segues into it incredibly, and it's about experiences. 5,000 years hence from now, and it is incredibly uh, tied to the Hawaiian people in an odd sense, but the, 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 what this man, by being able to go forward in time and have an experience through another life, another person alive 5,000 years ago, came back with, just segues perfectly all into all of this. All right. Um... Here's another one. Art, didn't, uh, did you happen to hear Stan Dale on my show? No. Okay. Stan Dale from Australia. Uh, I pick up the phone. I call anywhere. Um, he, oh, I called him in Australia. And he said that the sun uh, has been putting out frequencies of light that are reacting with the plankton in our ocean. If this raised the temperature of the ocean just two degrees, it could cause earth changes as dramatic as those blamed on ozone depletion. Could More so. More so. Yes. So you you agree with Stan Dale? Oh, absolutely. We are 100% dependent on our coral reefs. They produce some some statistical amount. 40% of our oxygen or something comes from coral reefs. Coral reefs are some of the most sensitive biological environments. It's ridiculous. They're dependent on the ocean level being at a level. They are dependent upon all sorts of things that are disruptive. I mean, I just got, I get articles, people cut out newspaper articles, I get an article about how we are taking cyanide and using it in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in like Indonesia and, and then they're about, they're, they're fishing for fish with it by spraying it on coral reefs oh and then harvesting the stung fish and selling them for, for eating in China yum, and yum. killing reefs by the day. Oh, good. Yes, sure. Serve me up some nice cyanide fish. Yum, yum. He is right up there next to the crater, quarter mile, one quarter mile from the crater. That means that you could just, like, walk to the crater uh, for a little exercise. Huh? I do. You do? Yeah. Jog to the crater. <laughs> All right. And your latest book is Fire on the Mountain, and people can get it by calling one 800 Four six eight two eight zero zero. See how I gave you a plug there? Yeah, well, let me correct something for you. Oh. One, that number will get you another book, uh, which is called Kilauea, the Newest Land on Earth. Well, how do they get and, the latest? And the latest book is distributed by Chronicle Books, and they can go to their local bookstore for that. The Chronicle Books is, it distributes that book worldwide, whereas... The, the newest land on Earth is only distributed in Hawaii. All right, Hawaii so in other words, I could, I could go to B. Dalton and say I want Fire on the Mountain. Absolutely. And you'd get it. You bet. All in right. soft cover or hard cover. Really? You 
bit. Okay. Uh, gee, you're quite published. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hello. Hello, Art. Where are you? Uh, Ventura, California. This is Mitch. Yes, hi, Mitch. Dorian. Yes, sir. How you doing? Uh, I got a little different read on uh, <laughs> the way you laugh about your situation. I think that you've got yourself spiritually together, and it doesn't matter what happens. You know, you're confident that you're going to be all right. You bet. <laughs> okay, ten four. <laughs> uh, the guy that called about the uh, ice and the uh, displacement in the ocean, he sounds like a Limbaugh listener to me because I've heard Russ give this analogy before. When you make a drink and your ice cubes are in it and they melt, you leave it alone and they melt, it doesn't overflow, does it? Well, he's wrong. Sometimes it does overflow if you've got it up close enough and then you leave it fresh. Well, the ice cubes are sticking up out of the glass. Right, but then, then there's another factor that he doesn't mention. Most of the Antarctic sits on a continent. There's land down there. Yep. And the same is true with the Arctic Circle, only to a lesser degree. More of that ice cap is over water. But, <laughs> that, I mean, it, the analogy is just false. You really want to rely on Limbaugh for science. Well, we, yeah, right. <laughs> but we, we, we're, we're, we're looking at a, a, a commonly known thing. The Earth takes the water and holds it in ice for periods and releases it. Right. And well, the result is the water level goes up and down. Dorian, the question I really wanted to ask you was, uh, do you believe that there's a faction within the USGS that believes that more ought to be done to uh, warn the public about the coming Earth changes? Oh, that's a damn good question. I'm, and So answer that one, and then tell me the truth, the absolute unvarnished volcanic truth um, about USGS. Are there things that USGS knows now that they have shared with you privately that you can't say? Uh, n no, not really. I, I, I think what you have is a whole bunch of facets of something, and each facet in itself is very sincere, but its point, its focus is pointed very, very, very specific and very minute, and brings back a whole lot of information. In, 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 and it's not their business, and they don't make it their business to collate that information and draw big pictures from it. Their motivation it has not been in the long term these these earth sciences that we're talking about this this discipline they they weren't formed i don't believe for that they were formed to map the mineralogy the the resources of our country mm -hmm. to define what we can do and can't do where the oil is specifically where the gold is um these these are things that our government uh was participating in and subsidized and since we've had such things as mount st helens I mean, we have a thing called CVO, or Cascade Volcano Observatory, that came into existence. Money was released by our government to fund such a thing because Mount St. Helens blew up. That isn't a, a long-term overview of how to run a government. That's, that's a reactionary thing, but it got them into the groove of running observatories. Uh, Hawaiian Volcano Observatory is unique in that it was started privately in 1912. It was started with private donated funds and it was taken over in the 40s by the USGS um, but the the whole real calling of studying volcanoes is an individual one and you would look at the people who do it as individuals who found a way to get subsidized for the rest of their life to do something they want to do yeah. and they're paying the piper is and there is there in your view any way to prevent the coming earth changes hell no <laughs> hell no no. I mean, I think Gordon said it really crystal clear. He said he didn't laugh. Golden as light forming where people practice healthy community, practice your heart, and you can move mountains with that. 
Or volcanoes. Or volcanoes. Oh. And I, I honestly believe it. We are, I mean, what else do we have but to arrange ourselves in an order that, that makes sense like that? We, why fight it? We're not being chased by nature. We are nature. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on here with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi, this is Todd from Far West Utah. Yes, sir. Well, I've got a, uh, some uh, predictions that uh, is going on around here, but also a question for uh, Dorian. All right. Uh, some people are seeing uh, some changes uh, in visions, like uh, saying that uh, here in December possibly a 5.2 earthquake in the uh, Wasatch Range, and also that uh, uh, followed by that within about three months, a 9-plus in the southern Idaho area, which will dam off the rivers and uh, flood the Salt Lake Valley area. Now, is this possible? Uh, plus, I've also started seeing, uh, you know, heated areas that are uh, uh, natural hot springs. They're starting to get hotter around this area. Is what these uh, visions are being seen possible? Well, let's stick with the science. He said uh, the water is getting hotter in that area. Hot springs are getting hotter. Well, that makes sense. I, I, I told you that it is understood that there is an increase in, in, in volcanism underneath Yellowstone. So, I mean, what, what I've basically been trying to say is look at all these pieces as, as symptoms of one thing, as, as something. So if you're reporting the same type of behavior somewhere in between point A and point B, but are both behaving the same, just consider that you know, somehow it fits in there. I don't know about your area specifically. All right, interesting. First time caller line, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Art, this yeah. is uh, Dave up in uh, Sumap, Washington. Yes, Dave. Uh, I sent you some USGS reports recently, and I made a little prediction uh, recently. I don't know if you got it on the facts, but I predicted a, uh, a new fault that would occur east of San Andreas from the Salton Sea up to Barstow. And That's I'm, what we just said. Yeah, I'm looking. I, and this was before I heard you. That's why it's amazing. Uh, I've been getting these printouts from uh, from off the internet showing just a series of, of low-level quakes in that area, just a literal line. And because of, of the deformation there by San and San Bernardino, I'm expecting a huge one. In fact, my little prediction is that somewhere within the 50-mile radius of San Bernardino within the next few months, there's going to be at least an eight-point quake. Well, you're That's about the to... same prediction other people have been making. That's huh? right. But I did that. I mean, I'm an amateur. I'm, a, I'm an engineer up here, a software engineer. I'm a few miles south of the Canadian border. And I've just been getting this stuff off the Internet. I mean, this stuff is obvious. How can people deny it? All right. Thank you. Um, because of the liability of saying it. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, Stan Deo again in Australia. Um, and there is a link from my webpage to his webpage now, by the way. Um, maps satellite photographs of areas of the Earth that are hot. And he says that a lot of areas on the Earth right now show tremendous amounts of heat, and that will correlate with what you're saying about magma movement. Well, they also attribute El Nino as, as uh, a phenomena that's generated by the volcanism underneath the ocean offshore of South America in the Easter Island area, there's a volcanic range that Easter Island is the only island above sea level as a part of it. But it's very, very active volcanically right now. All right. Wild Card Line, you're on the air with Dorian Wassell. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Fat Boy, KPNW. In Eugene, Oregon. Yes, yes sir. Uh, hey, listen, I'm trying to figure out why uh, 
we got to turn this into a question. Uh, why does everybody think that just because man has learned to build fires that that evolution has stopped, you know? Hey, right on. You know, it's like I'm not surprised that, uh, you know, part of the Antarctic has fallen into the ocean. I mean, that's just what the Earth does, you know? It's part of God's plan. Yeah, all, all we're actually all, all I would say I was trying to do by by sitting here talking on the phone with all of you is is just to you know help people understand what is happening. It's not it's not a matter of our significance in it. It's just a matter, and we all you know we all have to iron that out ourselves. It really is a matter of the fact that the Earth is an alive thing, and we are living in concert with it. You know, and uh, we can all reconcile whether or not we're participating in its undoing or not, but. The fact is, it is an alive thing, and to build well, a house somewhere, that's is, a good you're role. building it on an alive thing. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, you mean kind of like where you live. Where, no, where you live, well, where everyone lives, whether the time scale of its movement or the 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 uh, the catastrophicness of any given part of its movement is 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 a variable. But the Earth is alive. And, and I will tell you this, Gordon Michael Scallion, uh, upon the occasion of his last interview. At the end of the interview, like we're at right now, said, follow your gut, follow your in absolutely. instinct. And you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Give up your intellect and follow your instinct. Follow your intuitive center. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, You'll we, get much further in life. We are at the end of the interview and, uh, and the show. So from about a quarter mile away from the crater of Kilauea, Dorian, you're the one tonight to get the honor, and you know what the honor is. Well, you know, I can't get it out of my mind, so I'm going to say aloha, and God bless you all. <laughs> good night, Dorian. Thank good you. Good night. From the high desert, good night, America. Good night.